At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. What is up, my people? It's been a while, but we're back for the Dynasty Show on Tuesday night. And today, we'll be talking about who is the RB1 in Dynasty. Uh, but before we do that, obviously, we're chilling for a bit, answering all questions. Hammer, what's up, Hammer? What's up, man? Happy holidays to everybody. Happy New Year as well. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I feel like as I've gotten older, the new year is just another day you wake up and you're like, eh, all right, same shit, different day. But uh, happy new year out there, everybody. Uh, want to give a quick shout out to one Smith who won our home dynasty or subscriber dynasty league championship, I should say. Uh, so shout out to one Smith if you're out there. Also shout out to TD Howe for making the championship as well. Um, it was a hell of a season and um, really had some fun with this thing. I'm really excited to, uh, you know, see what see what happens in the offseason and then uh, what happens in the draft, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, shout out to everybody in the subscriber league, um, in the subscriber dynasty league. We will be doing a second subscriber dynasty league as well. So um, if you're interested, I think we have one spot left, I believe, one or two. So yeah, um, if you're interested, left, yeah. So if anybody out there is interested, you know, um, hit us up and uh, we'll see if we can get you guys in there. But yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, I'll, uh, another quick note really quick before I hand it off to you. Go pack. Go. Oh, we're not here for that. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah, we are. We're not. Oh, here yeah, for we that. are. We're here for that. Um, baby. Let's you go. You forgot to shout out to me for making it to losing in the semifinals. <laughs> that doesn't see. This is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I lost. I, I lost in the semis in the sub league. That sucked. But yeah, shout out to one Smith Wonder for winning the first, uh, the first season of the Dynasty Life OG subscriber league. Yeah, buddy. <clears throat> Absolutely. But yeah, what is up, everybody out there? Happy holidays, as Hammer said. And hopefully, y'all have won some ships. Hopefully, we've helped win some ships. So let us know out there. You know how your how your seasons went. You guys taking ships home or what? Uh, I myself wind up taking home one dynasty ship, uh, which is like a few people from uh, Instagram, a couple a uh, couple pages on Instagram. And then I wound up winning the wafers number three league, actually, which was one of Huss's leagues. Nice. Um, and then I lost in the number seven to actually shout out to Dennis, fellow Viking fan, lost to Dennis in the oh, ship. God. So good match up there. But all right, guys, what is up? Song in the building. What up, Song? Song coming right out the gate, Gibbs. <laughs> Listen, Song, I love a, it. It's a real conversation, it. and we'll get into it. I'll and, it. you know, um, for sure. Uh, support on uh, Facebook as well. Daniel, what up, Daniel? How are you, brother? Daniel, always one of the first ones <laughs> in here. Shout out to Daniel. Kevin, Dynasty season just begun. Yes, it has, Kevin. Yes. You know what's has. interesting? Never what's ends. interesting about that's what, that's yeah. what makes it lovely. So what's what's funny about that is when when we first started, so we had a home league, Bagala started it, and uh we were all pretty excited for it. And it was such a shift in our perspective from redraft, 
you know, where, and then we just, you just have to have that mindset all year round. You know, you're following the incoming rookies. You're watching the, I'm not watching the combine, but I know Steve is watching the combine. It, it, it turns you into a 24 seven GM. It really does. So I've started to um, really see how much it is all, all year round thing, which makes it fun, obviously. And then we have those milestones, right? Like the draft, all that good stuff. So, um, so there's some, so there's some milestones to hit. But yeah, excited to uh, see what happens in the future. Absolutely. Uh, should I try to trade Jameson in Dynasty? What's up, JC, fellow Packer fan over there uh, for Hammer? Yes, sir. Uh, should I try to trade Jameson in Dynasty while his value is increasing after three straight decent weeks? Yeah, I mean, I would. Absolutely. Now is the chance because for a while, right? Nobody wanted him. Nobody would touch him. I have him on two of my dynasty squads. I can't sell him for anything. So, you know, now that we're here in the offseason, I'll be trying to sell him while his value is high. Now, you know, it could play out of, of multiple, you know, different ways. But do you want to bet on Jamison, right? Do you want to bet that his value increases even more next season into the season? Is he more involved? Is he actually getting more work? <laughs> You know, is that value going to increase or do you move off? And now, you know, while you have the chance to, you can minimize that risk and take, you know, you might take 70 cents on the dollar, but you're getting something and you're getting something out of it. And with the draft coming up, I'm sure there's, you know, some some picks maybe that you can get. Somebody might like Jamison. Maybe you throw him, you know, with the pick. You, you do some kind of package deal for something. But but yeah, I'd absolutely be trying to shop around uh, Jamison. But what do you think, Hammer? What are you doing with Jamo? Yeah, I'd be selling as well. I was actually trying to buy JMO last offseason about a year ago because I felt like his value was, you know, all the way in the tank for the most part. He didn't play a ton as rookie. I think he played one game maybe. Um, and then he had the offseason drama with the gambling stuff. So I was actually trying to buy fairly low. I think I tried to get a JMO for a third round or something like that. Um, it didn't end up happening, but yeah, I would definitely. And I feel like we've had a bunch of JMO questions the last couple of shows because he's had those kind of, you know, productive games where it's like, damn, should I get something out of him while I can? Like, is and I made the comp to Gabe Davis, where it's like, if you play him, you have to play him every week and just live with the boomer bust stuff. And is is his value ever going to be as high as it is at this point? It could be, but what are the chances? I think there's a greater chance that his value decreases then increases i guess that's the mm -hmm. best way to put it so take advantage of the value shop them around right it's the off season now so you know nobody else is scoring points so shop them around and see what uh the best offer you could get for sure will what's up will uh dynasty keeper qb question love or richardson four point per td league ran a poll on fantasy life and got 72 percent saying a rich on 97 votes i own hurts burrow and love <clears throat> right now yeah, I mean, I'm guessing this is super flex, right? Even if it's not, I mean, four point per passing touchdown definitely makes you want to lean more towards a rich uh, in that situation. Even if it wasn't, I think I'd be leaning, I'd be leaning a rich situation for sure. Um, you know, whether you use him or not, or wind up, you know, trading him just because of the upside he has. I mean, in, in his healthy games, I mean, the games he's played full, he was a beast. He, he was, was an like absolute beast. Yep. Quarterback, like he was a beast. <laughs> You yep. know, so, uh, you know, he's got to obviously take care of himself and try not to get injured. But, yeah, I'm taking a rich here. Uh, what do you think, Hammer? 
I'm taking a rich as well. And it might surprise you, but just because of the stability, right? I know Jordan love has played exceptionally well this year from a totality standpoint. He's had his roller coasters. Uh, he's been on a little bit of a roller coaster. He's, you know, trending up right now, but Jordan love is only guaranteed next year. Now, do I think they'll extend him? Probably, but you have Anthony Richardson, who's extremely dynamic. The one issue, and I said this before the season started that I had with Anthony Richardson is his style of play lends itself to being hurt like that. Mm -hmm. That's my big concern with Anthony Richardson. And that came to fruition this particular season. I think he played what four, four games ish, something like that, four or five games. So that, that scares me, but just from a overall, I know this guy's going to be there for four years. I can almost guarantee he's going to get the fifth year option. So, you know, you have at least another four years of Anthony Richardson, whereas Jordan Love's situation is, is a little bit up in the air contract wise. Um, so yeah, and, and the rushing upside is just ridiculous. That Colts team is pretty good anyway. So you feel really good about those prospects, you know, Josh Downs, he's got good weapons on that team. So yeah, I'd, I'd go a rich for sure. He just has higher upside. Yeah. At this point, Smokey the cat. What up Smokey? What's good. Peacock in the building. What's goody Peacock. Kevin. Yeah. Missed you too, my dog. Yeah. One dynasty and one redraft. I won. <clears throat> I it, it was it was such a sad season for me, Kev. I had two opportunities to win an in on week 14 or whatever it was. Yeah, week 14. <laughs> I had two opportunities for winning in. Couldn't cash either one of those in. So um yeah, I, I sat this one out on the playoffs, but hopefully next year will be a different story. Yeah, I mean <clears throat> I wound up with the one ship in the in redraft, I only did five redrafts this year. I did almost like 10 last year, but I just like Dynasty too much. Um, so I'm just increasing Dynasty and, and lessening my my redraft. But uh wind up in the semifinals in two of those in two of the redrafts. Lost one in the first round. But uh had a good season redraft wise, I would say. So Two out of five, basically, I had chances in the ship. I'll take that. Nice. Because uh, you never know what can happen, right? I mean, Joe Burrow screwed me in multiple leagues, uh, you know, with the injury early on, the injury yep. after. You know, I mean, <laughs> everybody had injuries, but, like, I got hit, like, early with some – and it just uh, – I know, you know that sometimes feeling. It's not, sometimes there's nothing you could do. But I, I had – I the two leagues that I missed the uh, – or the one league I missed the playoffs in, my one out of five redrafts, I missed it. I missed by one game one game and uh you know that was a two quarterback one so losing burrow was was fucking big there but uh got the one dynasty ship i was happy to get that one but my receivers are just insane in that league i, I ran through that sam what up sam what's good sam uh jc said he'd be interested in the subscriber league yeah appreciate you jc um check out our instagram dynasty life fantasy which should be on the bottom left corner here, if you can see that. Uh, but yeah, hit me up on Instagram in the DMs, and I'll send you. I'll send you the link. Anyone else as well? Bogey in the building. What up, Bogey? Bogey, what's happening, bro? Oh man, JC, listen, JC. See, that's what I'm talking about, dog. It it, it, it doesn't get enough pub or talk, but the Packers are playing well. And I'm excited. JC, my man. 
Kev wants to buy in. It's it's two hundred up front. It's a hundred a season. We take the first two seasons up front. Everything is done through league safe, so everyone can feel comfortable about it. Yep. Close out the year, taking down four or five ships. I made nice bogey. Nice. Good That'd shit. Will's got eight ships in the bag. Awesome, Will. You seem like a portfolio guy. I like that. <laughs> I don't I know like why that's that. funny. The portfolio <laughs> guy. I, I don't know why that's funny to me. Because I, it's I like, like a DS. It's I a like DS it. thing. Shout out to DS with the portfolio stuff. Uh, but yeah, like when you're it. playing in you know a ton of leagues, it's more of like a portfolio where you know you I feel you. and I and I said this in one of actually the group chats where you know being in as many dynasty leagues as I am and it uh it makes me pull triggers a lot more often than I was. Like if you only had yeah. one or two, you know, if you're only in a few dynasty leagues, you want, you're your, you like, want your guys and you're almost, you want your guys and you're almost <laughs> like afraid to be wrong in certain situations. You know what I mean? Rather than mm-hmm. just, you know, playing the strategy, just do what you do, have your process and just, you know, and just kind of follow that. Sam said he's more happy with his team. I just know I went wrong with not trying to grab Puka or Kyron off waivers. That's Okay. I proceeded to trade Rashad White week one as well. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. That's all right though. It, when we make mistakes, you know, we always, uh, especially in Dynasty, it, it's what happens after, right? What do you do after? Mm-hmm. How can you overcome it? How can you battle back? <clears throat> you know, so you know, whoever spent first on Sam Howell, <laughs> I mean, we didn't necessarily yeah. tell y'all to do that. We told y'all there was a and- ton of risk in that. <laughs> and and before and before we continue down the Sam Howell train, we took some flack on Sam Howell uh, on our last show. And we're not saying we don't like Sam Howell. We're just saying the situation is what it is. You know what I mean? So it, it turned out to be like there's situations where quarterbacks like the Russell Wilson situation right now. I'm sure Russell Wilson will get a opportunity and it's a different scenario. But like things happen, especially to guys that aren't high draft picks. And that team has a high draft pick this upcoming off season. Mm-hmm. So you just read the tea leaves and that's, I think that's where we were going sure. with that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to be fair at the time we even had said, like, it felt like Howell was safe because he was actually playing well at the time. And, and we they were, figured, they were okay. Yeah. We figured they'd have like not a top 10 pick. And then he proceeded to just literally shit the bed. Um, but that was one of the, you know, one of the things about it was there's a chance, like if they get close enough, high pick to get a quarterback they can absolutely do that being that the whole you know coaching staff and all that was most likely going to change too so yep and now they've got what the second pick they're pretty much guaranteed three uh, caleb or drake you know so and then you've got field's chance in chicago i don't you heard that chan for field so do they just go marvin harrison jr at number one or do they maybe trade back and try and pick up some extra assets? So Which I, I can see that be being the case. Yeah, I can. But Marvin Harrison, I mean, that's a <laughs> and DJ Moore. I was actually, t- I was, I was actually talking to Bagala about that, and I was like, that that's a real quandary if you're the Chicago Bears, right? Do you trade the number one pick? Do you trade Justin Fields and reset your quarterback market so you don't Mm -hmm. have to pay a quarterback a ton of money? Do you make the pick and keep just like, there's a lot of different things that, that the Chicago bears could do, but you know, they, they gotta, they gotta get it right. You know what I mean? They have to get it right because this is the opportunity to make their franchise better. And the division's not that great, right? Green Bay's a mm-hmm. you know a 500-ish team. Minnesota's a 500-ish team. The, obviously, the Lions are really good, but there's an opportunity 
to really make your team much better. And I think this is a really defining offseason for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I mean, they could. I mean, neighbors is probably going to go mm-hmm. in the top ish at least trade down. They could trade down and get him. Yeah, if they do trade down, maybe they say, fuck it, we'll pick up the second guy and we'll take, you know, somebody else you know, at the top. So, you know, there's multiple yeah. different routes that, that they can go. Yep. So Absolutely. Uh, Mr. Bakes, <clears throat> Mr. Bakes was good, homie. Uh, Kev said it's the goal to have dynasty content weekly on Tuesdays. Yes. We always have dynasty show here on Tuesdays at 10 Easter. Thanks to uh, us and bogey from the 420 crew. So we are, you know, we're here Tuesday nights at 10 PM. We'll do all our live shows here. And I'm not sure what we're going to do. I got to talk with Hammer. We'll see what we want to do for, you know, if we want to continue Saturdays. I might do where maybe me and Hammer just record content and then post it. That might be a little bit better um, just with time and all that kind of other stuff. So, but you'll definitely see us at least, at least once a week, Tuesday nights live. Um, Otherwise, you'll be getting, you know, some videos weekly uh, that we'll do as well. Will said, by the way, guys, Watson did not get picked up after I oh, dropped him for Jameson. Okay. How about that? How about okay. that? I remember this. Yeah, I remember I this. Remember yeah, that. this I is a thing. That. Good shit. Got Jameson last offseason off season for a three last year and a four this year. Wow. That's even cheap. Denver cuts Wilson after the season. Where's a good fit for him? There's a couple of good spots. I think Atlanta comes to mind mm-hmm. as the best spot at this point. And I know, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about Atlanta, et cetera. Um, I, New England would be stupid. Like, I don't – that that just wouldn't be good. Um, Washington, no. They're not going to take on a high-priced quarterback at this point. Yeah, they got a top pick, yeah. Raiders could right? be interesting. Raiders would be very interesting. Stays in the division. That would be crazy. Um, so, yeah, I think Atlanta has to be the top choice at this point. I heard rumblings of uh, Minnesota. I don't know how true that is, but I would just guess we'd ra- if we're going to pay that money, we might as well pay Kirk to come back than, you know, then take Russ. So, but yeah, Atlanta would be whole- my best, my best guess. What's wild about the whole Russ situation is he was having a pretty good season. Like he wasn't, Mm -hmm. he wasn't Sam Howell where he just fell off the rails. Like even from start, even when they got off to that terrible start, he was, he wasn't playing terribly like he was last year. So this was, this was doomed from the beginning. Sean Payton never wanted Russell Wilson and they basically set him up for failure. Did you see the report that they told Russell Wilson two months ago that they were done with him? Yep. And then, then they go on a fucking run. Like what? <laughs> yeah. What? Well, they told him he had to restructure his contract. Right. 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 They were going to bench him, and then like the players' association apparently got involved. I don't know. It was a whole fucking. Yeah, it's crazy. <clears throat> it was a whole thing. Yeah, that was crazy because Russ was actually not playing that bad. Um, I guess Tuddy wise. I mean, he wasn't really throwing for much yards, but. I don't know. You could. Bl- can we blame that on the receivers? I mean, Jerry Judy, something's just catching bombs, but he's not necessarily a. Uh, I mean, listen. At the beginning of the season, if I told you no Russell problem. Wilson was going to be quarterback twelve, you would have signed up for that. Oh, fuck. Like, hell yeah! Like, yeah, it, I did sign up twelve in one league. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's not that bad. And that and that he's still quarterback twelve, but he didn't even play last week. Hmm. So. He, he was in the top 10, 3,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, only eight interceptions. Pretty good on the ground as well. 
80 carries for 300 yards, 340, and three another three touchdowns. So Russell Wilson was pretty good, like pretty good. So a uh, very interesting tack they're taking with him in Denver. And, you know, you could kind of pretty much kiss that Denver experiment goodbye. Yeah, man. Packers are planning on extending loves in the offseason. Five to six years for 140 to 170. Woof. I didn't see that. I didn't see anything. And I follow a lot of Packers stuff. I actually, yeah, yeah. on um, on ESPN, on the ESPN app, I actually get the Milwaukee app. So I listen to a lot of that on uh, Mondays and Tuesdays because they do talk a lot of Packers, obviously. So I can, you know, have some additional information. So I haven't heard anything, but that, that would be really exciting. And his obviously his stock would go, you know, up if he was locked in for another four to five years with that team. And I think they will do that, but I think we, we want to see it first, right? Until we actually see it, then we, we're still in this uh, wait and see kind of mode. So that would excite me. Um, and hopefully they make a playoff push. So, but do they, do they need to do that yet? No, because they have him on the extension, but did, I think they would do it out of good <clears throat> faith and saying, Hey, you're our guy, et cetera, et cetera. So, I, they don't need to do it because they already signed him to the one-year extension for next year, which was smart business mm-hmm. on the Packers part because it only cost him like $10 million with a fifth-year option, which I think 15, 20, something around that. So the Packers, you know, are, are just doing good business at this point. So ba- Bazaraski mentioned it in a recent YouTube video. All right. Yeah, I, I, that, that would excite me. DS said he won. DS said he went four and three in his ships. Good year for your boy. Gave my mom and my girl some dough. Okay. Taking care of his ladies. I got you, Diaz. Then paid off a student loan. Nice. 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 That's a that's a win. T Law got me. That dude is just one pick. Danny Jones. That is a dub. (laughs) Yeah, T Law. I think T Law got a lot of people too, especially in Superflex. T Law wasn't great this year, especially since he was pushed all the way up and taken as a QB one, you know, for people's QB ones in leagues like that was, yep. <clears throat> that's the tough part about it. But does he bounce back? He's a young guy. I mean, he's there. He ain't losing the mm-hmm. job. So still now still QB 14, but we expected him to be like QB seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, yeah, that's a sure. big deal. And he's given you basically mid range QB all season. He's only been a top 10 QB on a per week basis four weeks. He had, he did have a good three week stretch in the middle there, but if you're drafting somebody in the first round of your super flex leagues, and he's only giving you four top 10 weeks at the position, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. For sure. Julian, what up, Julian? What's good, bro? Jahan Dotson feels like a roster clogger. So does Judy. What do I do with them? I wouldn't consider those guys roster cloggers per se, because I think we've seen some flashes where there's value there. Like there's legitimate value. I think there's a little bit more value in Dotson than Judy, but they're they're kind of in similar positions where we're not quite sure what they are. Their situation at the quarterback, obviously we don't know who the quarterback for Denver is going to be next year. And we don't know who the quarterback for the commanders is going to be next year. So um, I, I wouldn't categorize them as roster cloggers. I'd categorize them as kind of like guys that have some value, but their stock is down. I, I can, I could feel confident in saying their stock is down, but those are guys I would you know hold on to or, if the right deal comes along and you can add one of these pieces to a deal, then that's kind of how I would utilize those guys. 
Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, like you said, at this point, the value is kind of down. So can't really sell them for much. Nobody's really buying them or nobody wants to pay really anything for them. So at this point, you kind of just have to hold them and then hope the situation changes. Right. Who's right. Like you said, who's the QB going to be in Denver? Who's the QB going to be in Washington? I mean, if they're taking Caleb, you know, or Drake May, like Dotson becomes a lot more intriguing right at that point. You know, Terry's getting a little mm -hmm. bit older. And, you know, Dotson is a, a good route runner. Like, he gets open. So he is a guy that particularly has some skills, but he'll always be kind of stuck behind Terry McLaurin. But can he get himself back up into that top, you know, 25-ish range? That's exactly you know, what far, I was thinking. As, as, far as, as far as his value. And then, you know, from there, obviously, you can try and trade him. But as soon as the situation changes, I think his value is going to change. So, you know, you might be able to – to capitalize on that. Judy's going to be same kind of situation where we don't know what the QB situation is going to be mm -hmm. like, but I'm a little more done with Judy at the point, this point, but somebody <laughs> out there is going to like him. Somebody out there is going to like that situation is uh, going to change that. So <clears throat> yeah. you just have to hold them because you're not going to get what you <laughs> want to get from at this point. Yeah, I agree. Diaz said he won the Empire League. Let's go, Diaz. So we made some of those trades and have the 102, 104, three seconds. Okay. Need to decide if I'm going uh, to advocate the throne or go for the Empire pot. I'm going for the gusto. I Listen, if you're in that position, just go for it. All right. There's no reason mm -hmm. to take your foot off the gas here. Go for it. Take it down and then let the chips fall. Because who knows yeah. if you have that opportunity to to do it again. And I think that if I remember, like, some of your roster, you have some older guys. Like, I think Keenan Allen was on there. Like, so you want to just try and take advantage of maybe one last, you know, big sal you know season that could kind of take you all the way. So, yeah, for sure, I, I think I'd be trying to just go for it. You know, because if you're just going to advocate it, then, like, why would you even make the trades that you made? You know what I mean? Like, I know we lost the first in there somewhere. <clears throat> So, yeah, I would just be going for it, Diaz. Uh, Bogey said they were all Dynasty Leagues. Nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. Got to shout y'all out. I had burn all season long. It made a difference for me. There you go. That's what we do. <clears throat> Appreciate you, Bogey. Nah, Debo loved this. No Debo loved this all season. What are we thinking recently? I was able to get him for Jahan Dotson and a third midseason on a squad. That's a fucking nice steal, especially after – how Debo's finishing up here. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I think, I think the thing that we are down on Debo as far as dynasty wise is just because there's so many guys in that offense and listen, he's played really well. Uh, wide receiver 14 currently in full PPR. He's played really well, but he's a little bit older, right? 27 years old now. So, you know, it, and I, I never, I, I felt like he hit that ceiling season a couple of years ago in 2021 and mm. he was being a bit overvalued in terms of this do it all kind of guy. And once sure. obviously when they got, when they got Christian McCaffrey that limited his ceiling, right. Rushing wise. Now he's gotten some good rushing this year. He's got only 36 attempts, but he's got five rushing touchdowns. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of boosted his, his, his value. So um, yeah, Debo is awesome. And you know, he's going to have anybody on that offense outside of Christian McCaffrey, there's going to be hit and miss weeks, right? Kittle, Ayuk, Debo, those guys are going to have hit or miss weeks. McCaffrey is really the guy that that offense centers around. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, you are you won the trade basically as of now as far as what the value mm-hmm. is concerned. And Debo's having a good season. And people really do like Debo. So can you now move off of him while he's valued high again, right, and get one of the top guys that we want to get? Can you get into the top 10, you know, of dynasty wide receivers? Can you get into the top five with Debo plus, Debo plus plus? Like, I, you know, depending what you got on your squad, <clears throat> for sure, I would be looking to move him. Anybody that's gained value, gaining value like that, I'm trying to just tear up. Russell and Atlanta would make sense. His wife's from there. Oh, shit. Okay. That's right. That's right. Sierra. Shit. The commander started 2-0. Sam Howell was top of the stats for a good chunk yep. of the season here. Not surprising in hindsight, but anything could have happened. No, for sure. And, you know, one of the things that we brought up was, you know, why he was getting so much passing yards, right? Why they were throwing the ball so much. And then like Terry wasn't doing nothing. Dotson wasn't doing nothing. <laughs> um, you know, and in, in dynasty, like it's hard when you spend a first or you spend something valuable to go and get one of these guys that like, we don't know for sure if they're going to be safe. Could they possibly be safe for one more season? Yeah. But <clears throat> of course anything can happen. And, you know, I think you had said it like unless Howell shits the bed for the rest of the season, then I did say yeah. he should be safe. And yeah, you know, I agree. He should have been safe if he finished how he was playing the whole season. But that did not happen. He wound up shitting the bed down the stretch, and now they have a top pick. And you know, as we said, if they have a top pick, very, very high chance they're gonna wind up drafting somebody, especially with and a regime change. New coaching yeah. that's coming in with the regime change for sure. So that was always a possibility. Um, and commanders fans hated that. Everybody loved them some some Sam Howell, but I think now we see, you know, why you don't. And I think like Brock Purdy was almost an example of why like everybody loves Sam Howell. You know, a late round pick, a guy that you know got a chance and started playing really well. So everybody's like, this is why we say like the draft capital is so important. These guys don't get a lot of chances. If you fuck up, they have a short leash. Look at look at Trevor Lawrence. He played like trash his first season, right? Played kind of trashy again this season, but he gets a pass because he's a first-round pick, and he's still going to be there no matter what. I bring this up all the time. Baker Mayfield is the best example of a guy just getting just so many. Zach Wilson, right? Zach Zach Wilson. Wilson. Sam Darnold. I mean, these guys get chance after chance to, you know, to try and be quarterback somewhere. And then if you're a guy, and then if you're a guy like Josh Dobbs, right? He came in, he played well with Arizona, he played well with Mm -hmm. the Vikings, shit the bed a couple of times, done. So the the draft capital matters, like it, it really does, and I think the I think the, the coaching, set, right, the regime, yeah, right? for sure. We talk about we talk about for that sure. as well, and I think I think with Brock Purdy, it's a little bit different because that team is so good, like oh, for sure. Him. And for I'm not sure. saying for that sure. he's not good, but I'm just saying all those parts when you have McCaffrey, you got like Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, you got Trent Williams at left tackle. That defense is really good. So I'm not saying anybody could go in there and do that, but. If you put Sam Howell on the 49ers, they'd still be pretty good. Oh, no, for sure. But <clears throat> Sam Howell's not on the 49ers. And, and that's the uh, point. <clears throat> and, you know, the Brock, the difference is Brock came in, played well, and didn't really not play well. Like, he yeah, played well. Just right away. Every game, yep. right away. Where but if you, you remember, know, Howell couldn't continuously do that. But if you remember when 
Brock Purdy had that three game losing streak. Oh, this season. Rumble. Yeah, I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah for sure. Well, just for I'm sure. just saying, it j- just as a as a principle kind of thing. Now, I never mm-hmm. thought Brock Purdy's uh, uh, job was in jeopardy from a from an organizational standpoint, but you start to hear those rumblings, right? And like you said, with a guy like Trevor Lawrence, he could he played like he played terrible his rookie year. That you kind of excuse that, but he he's played like garbage this season for mm-hmm. for a guy that's been drafted and looked at as a franchise quarterback. But there's no Trevor Lawrence is safe; he's not going anywhere. So there, it, it's a difference; it matters. Yeah, for sure. DS had made the mistake of paying the one twelve for Sa- for Howell. All six of his QBs were benched and died. <laughs> Traded for Flacco for a third. Flipped the sh- ship okay. for Mullins and a fourth. That's right. And then Mullins <clears throat> and then Mullins, Mullins got benched. <laughs> Man, Flacco, you you back in, but I mean, you, you spend the late first. It, it happens to be the one twelve now, so I mean, it's not as bad, but it still hurts. It still hurts for sure. Harrison and Moore will be sick for Fields. Absolutely, that's such a Absolutely. quandary for the Bears, man. That is such a quandary for what the Bears are going to do because the Bears would have to pay Justin Fields like Justin Fields is going to have to get a contract at some point and if you decide like this is the turning point of that franchise like I said because if mm-hmm. you decide to draft a receiver or trade down and draft neighbors and whatever now, now you're going to have to pay Justin Fields at some point right so are you going to take the quarterback it's I, I'm very interested to see this draft this should be a really good draft Hmm. Um. <clears throat> crispy down here said Tom Brady six, Dak fourth. Yeah, a- absolutely. There are some of those guys, but those are like Russell Wilson. Almost third. some of, Russell Wilson for sure. Those are some of those outlier guys. There's gonna be guys like that, but the majority are not. Mm-hmm. The majority are highly drafted guys. So, you know, you can take chances on those guys, of course. But you know, when you swing and miss, like it hurts in superflex. If you're swing, you know, if you've got to pay, pay up to go and get somebody. And this guy if, was what a top five quarterback at one point this season, Sam Howell, right? Fantasy wise, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but if if you remember, and, and to to Crispy's point, Tom Brady being a six round pick, like he he came in and had a great defense. He never really had to carry the load for that team. They won Super mm-hmm. Bowls, et cetera. And then for Dak, Dak came into a loaded team, right? They had a young Zeke Elliott, the best offensive line in football for like five years yeah. in a row. They had mm-hmm. Des Bryant. They had like they, Jason Witten was still there, so that team was was good enough where Dak didn't have to be Patrick Mahomes in his rookie year. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So there was no real, there was no real slip off where he was forced to do a lot of that. And they were winning games. Like those, those guys like Russell Wilson, right? His first year when he was with Seattle, they were winning games. They had the Legion of boom. So, you know, if Sam Howell had the Legion of boom and he was, you know, 11 and five right now, he'd be fine. Yeah. I mean, listen guys, even, even Mark Sanchez took the jets to the fucking championship game. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. Yeah, Mark Sanchez was bad. <laughs> uh, Diaz said that he traded to Sean in the first. I remember that to get Fields and the 212 back and you won the ship. So, yeah, I'm glad that you wound up winning the ship, especially after after making some of those moves, because obviously it was it was risky. But Jay, what's up, Jay? Jay, what up, Jay? Appreciate you. Uh, JC said as a Packer fan, hoping Chicago takes a QB. Using the picks to build around fields. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Isaac, what up, Isaac? What's goody? My man, Isaac. Bogey says he can see them uh, paying uh, love a big extension. We'll see. Yeah. 
I mean, it would make sense for them to sign him. It it really does. Like it, it just makes sense, right? From a salary cap standpoint, and you have that young team. Let you've already seen the fruits of that labor bearing. It's you know bearing right now with them having an opportunity to make the playoffs. Jaden Reed is an absolute stud. He's amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Dontavian Wicks is pretty good. I know he was out, bro. They lose Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft is really good. Like he's solid. You know, he I'm was saying? solid. Yeah, you, they, that's why we were we were like, oh, which one is going to be the guy? Because Musgrave and Craft are both solid tight ends, right? Like, very solid right and that and 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 we didn't even mention dubes and watson so they they, they, did and a guy bo melton came out of nowhere and had a hundred yards like what so i'm liking what i'm seeing but i i i would like to see jordan love continue to grow with this they have the youngest offense in the league skill wise so Mm -hmm. so i mean he's he's got an arm he could sling it i mean i I give him that (laughs) He he, he can for sure he can for sure sling it so yes, he can. And, and listen, Jaden Reed. I mean, all off season, you, you know, were on it. Talking about, you were on it. <laughs> I was talking about. Well, he can be the wide receiver one there. Like I know it might sound crazy, but like scoop him up in that second round of your rookie drafts because you know he's just a route running wide receiver. And That's exactly you know, what and, I did in the home league. And it and it and it just goes to show you with you know with Watson out, like Reed is Reed is shining, and even with Watson in there now, it's like. <laughs> They use him in know. a multitude of ways, yeah. You know, and Watson lost a lot of dynasty value this season. Yeah, he did. Interesting to see with the Jones contract, Dylan free agent. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think, I think for the Packers, it, it's going to be really tough because Aaron Jones missed so much time this season, like so much time. I think, I think it might be time to move on. So, but running backs are interchangeable. I love me some Aaron Jones. I think he's fantastic for that team, but yeah, they'll, they'll probably turn over that, that backfield pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, Julian said he's rostering way more tight ends than I want. Yeah. So you got to get rid of them. It's not a tight end premium for sure. You have Andrews, Pitts, Meyercraft, Dolchich. I try to pair them with other players to tear up which tight ends to keep. Yeah. I mean, listen, you're keeping, Andrews and Pitts, or you can get Meyer if you want, um, and trade everything else. You're just trading everything else. You only need two guys, and you need to trade everyone else. I mean, you know, take two of them, and that's it. Take I I, for me, I would hold the guy that probably has the most upside because you got Andrews. That's pretty much your main guy right now. You know, who's next up that you think has the most upside? Is it Pitts? Is it Mayer? Or what is your what is your league feel right? Can Pitts be a hot commodity later on, or can my, you know, can Mayor be a hot commodity later on, where you can trade that listen, guy? Then you're picking up somebody on waivers. You have Andrews. That's all you need, really. So. Right. And listen, if if Russ goes to Atlanta, Pitts' stock goes way up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I would be might be able to sell at that point. You know, if you can trade Dolchich for something, then yeah. I mean, I don't care. I will take a fourth if I can. I mean, Kraft, same thing. If you can get anything for them. Otherwise, you can just drop them. I mean, you know, they're just wasting your 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 roster spots. And then you should be able to trade Mayer, I would think. You should be able yeah. to definitely get something for him. So maybe you use him and something else to, you know, tear up at wide receiver or maybe you get a running back or something like that. So for sure. For me, it's Andrews and Pitts. I'm trading everybody else. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Even I would be open to trading pits if it's going to help me tear up at tight at wide receiver. Like, especially, like I said, if Russ ends up in Atlanta, the pits value is going to go way up. People are going to buy him. You'll be able to tear up. So that could be a good situation um, for you. 
No, I'm, I agree with you 100%, but I'm not saying to hold Pitts to actually hold him. I want to hold him because I think out of the guys on the bench, he's got the most upside and the most chance to really yeah. you know, yeah. give you the most Gain in return value. if he yeah. reaches his potential or even if, like you said, the QB switch happens where now you can move Pitts. Then you just pick up you know, some kind of backup, any tight end that you can you know to play when andrews uh is not playing or is on by but then you just have andrews and you're just playing andrews so for sure yep i think i think that's what we're doing there julian bogey said he feels like debo and aj brown are in the same category in dynasty i can't get on board with that but <laughs> yeah i think aj brown is just a is a tier above debo samuel At the I, least, I think yeah. You know, just but Debo Samuel is very strange to me. Like his upside is ridiculously high. It really is. Mm -hmm. sure. Um, but the injury history, like he he gets banged up from his style of play. He's a physical receiver. They they run him a little bit between the tackles. Um, so I definitely would have AJ Brown over Debo Samuel. I mean, even if you don't like, that's okay. I mean, but if people, if other people are feeling the same way, like about Debo that he's valued, like kind of that particularly high, you know, what else can you give up to go get, you know, one of the JJ's chases, CDs, Amon Ra's, you know, Garrett Wilson, you know, what else do you have to give up to get one of those guys? A lot of age on that Ross. I remember that one. Yeah. I remember only trade for futures. I feel you. Will said his best deal was trading Kyler, Rondell Moore, and James Cook for JJ and Jordan Love. Oh, yeah, nice. Love won me the dynasty ship. Now I could potentially turn him into A Rich. Yeah, that's good, man. Not bad. That's awesome. It's a good trade. I wound up being able to get Chase in two leagues <clears throat> or three leagues. No, two leagues. I was able to get Chase in one I already had him in. Um, but yeah, he was available, especially after like Burrow went down. I mean, mm -hmm. you take advantage people, of that situation. People really had him just available. Um, so he matched Peyton Manning. Yeah, and Baker actually played really well early on. Yeah, he did. No, and and but I think injured, it, right injuries like that, and then they when they got the Odell. That kind of fell off the rails when Odell was there. So it's but but the point is with Baker is that he got opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. He went to Carolina. Now he's in Tampa. Like he's gonna get opportunities and not opportunities to back up per se, opportunities to start. <laughs> like Carolina said, Hey, here's a starting job. Tampa Bay, here, here's a starting job. Because he was the first, not not only a first round pick, a first overall pick. So I think that's the key there with Baker and just that whole thought process in general is these, these high first round pick quarterbacks or first round pick quarterbacks in general are going to get multiple opportunities to be starting quarterbacks for the most part. There's some outliers, sure. but for sure about 15 minutes or so, we're going to start talking about dynasty RB one. We'll get into that discussion. So everybody can chime in on that because we'd love to hear everybody else's thoughts on that as well. So I'll finish smoking this and then we will get into this real, it's a real discussion on, uh, you know, who's the dynasty RB one. So we'll get into that <clears throat> in the meantime, we'll answer some more y'all questions. So throw them out there while we're taking all questions, guys. There was some promise for Baker switch to Stefanski. Yeah. 
Will, I'm with you on that. I almost made a video. Um, so I was on this, I was on this show with uh, Just for the Birds podcast. Shout out to them, and um, you know we were talking about Dobbs and uh, the video I made on Joshua Kelly. Remember how I made the video on Joshua Kelly and how not to play? Who could forget? Kelly? They were Who like, Yo, you, should make a, you should make a video on Dobbs, and I was like, yeah, and I was like, yeah, I should make a video on Dobbs, and I should also throw in there his ass is getting benched because he tried to fucking kill the number one number one wide receiver in the fucking NFL. <laughs> I never wound up making the video, but it was uh, it was talked about. <laughs> That's funny. Fucking guy tried to kill my boy, bro. You coming right out for that? Fuck out of here. He's just coming back from injury, and you try to fucking murder him. No. Cleveland, Payton, and Chubb didn't give that a big contract. Just picked up the year option. Yeah. Isaac said Bears will trade the pick. Yeah, I think they are. I, I think that. they might keep fields. Do they trade the pick? I don't know. I mean, we, we talked about that a little bit earlier. Do they trade back a little <laughs> bit? You know, or do they just take Marvin Harrison with the one, you know, or do they wind up trading back? So they're trying to uh, keep, I didn't, I didn't see it, but I haven't even looked into it at this point. Taylor, what's up, Taylor? Team picks him up next season to start. Yeah, I think he's for sure going to get a starting job. There's got yes, teams absolutely. out there that need quarterbacks and, you know, there's teams out there that can't get some of the top quarterbacks. There's also in, in the draft, there's also teams out there that are kind of have good teams and they're kind of a quarterback away, like the Atlanta Falcons that we are kind of <clears throat> we talked about earlier, like maybe, you know, the Raiders. Who knows if mm -hmm. they want to the Jacobs or not, but Yeah. Very interesting. Especially for Russ, I think that especially now that he can kind of choose. Yep. You know, I would guess he would try and pick a, a team that has a chance to win. I, I don't think he's going to go to, you know, I don't think he's going to pull a DeAndre Hopkins and say, go to the Titans. I want to go to the Titans. <laughs> no, I don't see that either. So who do we think wins the Super Bowl? Oh, it's a good question. Well, I mean, listen, the two, the two top clear teams are obviously Baltimore and San Francisco, right? Uh, and I don't. I don't think it's particularly close in either conference. Um, Buffalo's interesting. Buffalo's getting really hot. And I think Buffalo, they don't have, I don't want to say they don't have pressure because I still think they do. Because when you have Josh Allen, you're kind of expected to be a Super Bowl contender. But I think with the Baltimore's, obviously with the top seed, with Kansas City still having Patrick Mahomes, like Miami being in the mix. Right. I, I don't think there's as much of a spotlight on Buffalo. Don't sleep on Buffalo. I think they have a little bit. They don't feel probably as much pressure as they did in years past. So I, I think it will be Baltimore, but mm. Buffalo's dangerous. Right. They're playing really well. Buffalo's dangerous. Um, but I, I'd still go with Baltimore. But my sleeper pick would be Buffalo. I can't believe I'm saying sleeper pick being Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> And then for the NFC, like San Francisco, do I think Dallas will be able to go to San Francisco and win? No, no, I do not. Do I think Detroit will go to San Francisco and win? No, no, I do not. And then the NFC South? No, that doesn't count. The Rams, the Rams are interesting in the in the NFC because they're familiar with San Francisco, 
right? So those divisional games in the playoffs are really crazy. So I think it'll be Baltimore and San Francisco, but keep an eye out for Buffalo and the Rams. Yeah, I like Buffalo. Like you said, I mean, Kansas City is always, as long as you got Mahomes, you can you can have a shot. Baltimore, I mean, listen, they've been playing awesome this season. Without Mark Andrews, which is wild. I mean, the Eagles just haven't, I don't know. They just have no, like, identity. I think we talked about that earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. They can't really figure out, like, what to do. Like, the offense just doesn't look like fluid like they make big plays and then they tush push everything but i don't know deandre swift has kind of slowed down in the running game oh yeah for sure yep i mean you're right i mean can detroit or dallas like go into san fran and pull it out like i wouldn't put money on that Between San Fran and Philly, I mean, I do think the old Philly can still take them out. Okay. So we'll see what happens there. But And then, yeah, between – I would say between Baltimore, Kansas City, and uh, Buffalo in the AFC. I mean, Miami's got a shot, absolutely, but they've been shown to, like, against good teams, like, kind of – Yeah, Miami doesn't – it's, yeah, like they play down to the competition sometimes too. They they've been a little bit weird this season. So they have had some injuries to their their offensive skill guys. I know Moster was out. Um, obviously, sure. Waddle and Hill been battling some injuries. So I understand that. But even earlier in the season, when there were these big matchups, like they didn't really fare very well against good teams, and that that makes you nervous, especially in the playoffs, right? If if Miami has to go to Baltimore in mid January, you feel good about that? No, if Miami has to go to Kansas City in mid-January, you feel good about that? No, I don't. No, I mean, their defense has got to hold up. I mean, we know on offense they've got some electric guys that, you know, one touch and, you know, it could be a touchdown. So, but yeah, I think, you know, Baltimore is Baltimore is, is up there. You know, it's it just sucks they lost J.K. Like, that really sucks. Do we think, I mean, Dalvin Cook just got released, right? Mm-hmm. Think that Baltimore could be a realistic uh, spot for him now going into the playoffs? Potentially, but we, we bro, we saw Justice Hill run wild. We did. So I you know, and they got they got Gus Bus and they got Justice Hill. Like the fuck? They they just churn <laughs> out running backs. <laughs> like it's crazy. Reed cost me a championship hurting his puss. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Hey, he scored points though, bro. He scored like twenty five points. He had two yeah, tutties. he scored he scored points, man. Diaz said he's tired of the fields. Hate when are we gonna put oh. it on the head coach and OC? These motherfuckers two years in a row in a town take eight games to realize. Oh, we should use play action RPOs. No, absolutely. I mean, listen, Chicago's always been a shit show. Mm-hmm. Back to the you know Trubisky days. So even before that, yeah, well, even before that too. So. Yeah, I mean it's always been it's always been somewhat bad there. So the pro- the problem with Chicago is the stability of the organization, right? From the GM to the head coach, there's always there's always some turnover at that position. And listen, I I don't hate Fields, I just don't like the situation he's in, right? I don't like the 
the um the regime or the organization as a whole right they haven't really done him justice but also too it's weird where like at the end of seasons he starts to go crazy and then you get hyped for next season and then you're like uh and then it's like the first eight ten games it's like a fucking shit show so it, mm-hmm. it kind of feels like they're on a little bit of a hamster wheel now picking up dj moore was fantastic obviously right and then if they get a marvin harrison you like that that defense has gotten better over the last month and a half. So, yeah, who knows? Should I buy low on Watson or kind of stay away with the injury history and the emergence of Reed Wicks and some other wide receivers? I mean, I actually traded Christian Watson <laughs> in my in in our home league, and I I was just getting sick of his shit, and I picked him up last year. And he ended up helping me go on a run to the championship, you know, down the stretch when he had that really good run late last year. But, bro, it just like he has two or three good games and then the hamstring like it, it it's a problem. So, yeah, I, I mean, if you want to buy low, it depends on what buy low is. Right. If you're getting him for a third. Yeah. Then the value is worth it. But mm-hmm. it really depends on what buy low actually means in this situation. I, I still think some people you know, see him as, as high upside, but it's going to be, it's going to be tough to kind of gauge because, and, and I think the key is exactly what JC said is the emergence of a guy like Reed Wicks. And it seems like whoever they put out there is out there making some plays. So, you know, if Christian Watson doesn't get his shit together, it could be tough sledding in the future. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it depends on what's, you know, what's the price. I don't know if I'm actively buying him, um, or do I make some kind of other bigger trade and have him kind of like thrown in? It just depends on what you're gonna what you're gonna wind up spending for Watson. <clears throat> I don't currently really necessarily want to buy him, especially since the owner that has him probably does not want to give him up for cheap. So really depends on what you got to spend there. What do I think the Giants do in the draft besides fuck it up? Yeah, I don't know. What are they at? Like pick what five or something? Yeah, they're at exactly at five. Yeah, they're pick five. So they stick it with their Andy projection Jones, is a their projection is a is an offensive tackle, and it's funny yeah. because Bagala is a resident Giant fan, and him and I get into it all the time. And I'm like, "Yo, what are the Giants gonna do?" And he's like, "Yeah, they're gonna fuck it up. They're gonna take some offensive linemen, and uh, it's gonna be a shit show." So I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Will said he can see JJ saying it may be a rocket science, but he ain't no fucking doctor throwing me hospital balls. Yeah, man. Uh-huh. Diaz says uh, Christian Watson reminds him of a kind of Debo. Just hold. He's young. You ain't getting shit for him. Not giving more than a random second. Yeah, that that's the thing. It's like I wouldn't give more than a random second. So the person that has him is most likely not going to want to give him up, you know, for just some random second. So if he does, then I'll take him, but. Uh, where was that? My comment showing up yet? I think I hit your comment, Will. Let me know if I didn't. He switched over to Twitch. I think that's why. Oh, you have to be subbed to not get commercials. Crispy said, I think he gifted him a sub. Appreciate you, Crispy. Uh, the Bears did get into the playoffs with Trubisky, and if it wasn't for a triple doink from the kicker, he would have won a playoff game. That is true. That defense was really good, though, when Trubisky was there. 
Bryce Ford Wheaton for New York. Yeah, he was on the practice squad. I had uh, put him on one of my uh, taxi squad posts that I had made um, on Instagram. He's also in one of the videos I made in the offseason to, you know, one of those taxi guys that really nobody knows about. Um, he's considered a discount DK Metcalf type, big wide right. receiver, um, okay. but hasn't uh, hasn't done anything yet. So he's a guy that you can kind of just hold on the hold on the taxi for now. Um, but yeah, it's possible he can emerge. I mean, he hasn't yet, so uh, chances are, are very low. But a guy that you're holding on the taxi that you don't have to get rid of right now, I mean, doesn't cost you anything to hold. That's what the taxi's for, right? So yep, you can hold him on the taxi, then then just hold him. Unless unless there's other guys you can hold on the taxi. Like I'd rather hold running backs on the taxi, but. <clears throat> That's good. <clears throat> Quick thoughts on Jerome Ford dynasty value. I mean, he goes right back behind Chubb, right? Yeah. I mean, Chubb will be back. So does he have some kind of role next year? I would guess probably maybe, especially Chubb coming back from an injury like that. Maybe he does have a role. Is it going to be value and valuable enough to play him in, in any particular week? That I don't know. I mean, maybe an RB two ish flex type, but he. I think is... he has. He has really he has really good value if you can give him to the for uh the, the Chubb owner, right? So he'll be super valuable to the Chubb owner. So if you do have Jerome Ford and you you want to come off of Jerome Ford at some good value, like you know now might be the time to do it, where you go to the Nick Chubb owner and say, hey, Nick Chubb might. You know, they might work him back slow. We've seen a ton of these guys come off the ACL injuries and not really get it going till maybe week six, week eight. You know, they get started slow. So I, I think the best route or to be able to get maximum value for Jerome Ford is you go to the Chubb owner and try and work out a deal. Yeah, I mean, he's probably worth a second-ish, I guess, right now, maybe mm -hmm. a third. I mean, He's a guy that is kind of in the same position as before where he's back up to Nick Chubb, but a little bit better situation where Chubb's coming off injury. Like you said, could be of value in the first few weeks, um, you know, until Chubb gets going, or he could just carve himself out an actual kind of role. Maybe. I don't know. Is he going to be playable? We don't know. So as of right now, like after the season is over, his value is probably not much until next season comes again. Because now we're not playing any games. Like training camp. Most people don't yeah. give a shit about those guys now, you know. So it really just kind of it really depends. Because a lot more people now are starting to stash running backs and starting to see that value of finding those Jerome Fords, you know, Chuba Hubbards, uh, Zach Mosses, Kyron Williams. <clears throat> Chubb's injury did look real bad, but it actually wasn't as bad as we as we thought. Huss in the building, what up, Huss? Uh, but yeah, up, he man? didn't he didn't tear up everything. Actually, Isaac, he actually didn't. I don't know exactly what it is, uh, so I can't really uh, I can't really right tell now. you. But what I do know is that it is not as bad as we thought it was. We thought he tore everything, and he actually didn't. It initially looked like it, a potential career. Uh... So he's already without crutches or a brace. That was the last update two weeks ago. So he's mm -hmm. not. He had a second surgery, though. 
back in September. Mm-hmm. His left knee he had a second successful surgery. But I mean, listen, he did get hurt very early in the season. And I'm not, I'm never would say, you know, a guy getting hurt is good, but that is a, a bright spot is that he did get hurt very early in the season in September. So the likelihood of him, you know, coming back, you know, relatively early next season is pretty high. But like I said, we've seen the Brees Halls. We've seen the Saquon Barkleys. We've seen these guys where these are primetime running backs and they don't get rushed back right away, right? They're on a little bit of a pitch count. They're on a snap count, a carry count, et cetera. So that's why I do think Jerome Ford could be, you know, fairly valuable for the first month or so while Nick Chubb works his way back. For real. Bogey said no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but these young guys, it's a little bit different now. I mean, we just saw Brees Hall finish with a, you know, a great season. And yeah, he doesn't look the same at, at times, but for sure. I, I don't think I, I'm thinking Nick Chubb is going to be like a top five running back-ish next year, but he should finish probably most likely top 10. If he plays from the beginning of the season on, I mean, you know, that's a big if. We'll see what happens. PB Dubs in the building. What up? PB, what's happening? Samir White might be in my might be the man next year. Jacobs walks, I think. We'll see what happens there. That's an absolute uh, they could franchise him again. It's an absolute possibility. Brees Hall finished RB6 after tearing he, his ACL. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Held on to White in a lot of dynasty leagues. Yeah, for sure. Average value right now for him is probably a well, some people dropped him, which I saw was kind of crazy after the injury. Like everybody thought it was actually really done. But um, <clears throat> I mean, I hold him. I mean, I probably wouldn't pay more than a third for him, but probably worth something around that. Because he also is up there in age two. So is he ever going to return to the, you know, the 25 carry Nick Chubb that we are accustomed to? I don't know. That's a, you know, I don't know. At this At age, twenty-seven now. years old. Yeah, yep. That's twenty-eight. Exactly. And how many more years? Is it, does he have one more year on his contract? I'm not even sure, but it's a legitimate. It's a legitimate thing, like having that injury at this point in his career. Yeah, twenty twenty-four. That's it. Twenty twenty-five. He's a free agent. Apparently, there looks like there's some kind of potential out in 2024 as well. But that does I, I doubt that. So he's got one more season because then what happens after that? Do they franchise him at, what, 29 or 30? It'd be 30 at that point. So that's it's crazy because it doesn't feel like Nick Chubb is 28. And, you know, for a running back, obviously, that's getting into dangerous territory. In terms of your value, you know, what you're what you could potentially get on, you know, open market, etc. So off of a major, major injury, that's that's tough sledding. Will said he was big on Javante, but the injury zapped his burst and elusiveness. He looks like Zeke now. <laughs> so he started getting mm-hmm. some workhorse, uh, you know, some workhorse ish uh, work as far as you know his carries he started getting some good amount of carries but you know again he's a guy that's coming back from a big you know from a big injury as well so you know i think next year we'll see what happens with that but 
Yeah, I mean, listen, that's why we hate running backs. You know, this is why, you know, we don't like <clears throat> investing in them. We're paying for them top dollar because what happened to Javante, you know, could have happened to, you know, Brees Hall or any of these guys, right? I mean, Brees Hall wind up coming back and being and being good, you know. He but, you know, Javante just did, you know, Javante just didn't. And once these guys are good, automatically we vault them up to the top, right? I mean, that's a real interesting point too, because his first two years, Javante averaged close to four and a half. He's down to three and a half. So the efficiency you can see, obviously, is taking a hit. Well, yeah, I mean, and to be fair, obviously, the offense has been shit the last two years. I mean, the offensive line, they can't, they they just, I don't, I don't know, man. The, the, mm-hmm. Very just weird, the offense, because like Russ is you, playing. You love well. Javante. <clears throat> I used to love Javante. I was huge on Javante back then. You know, I made the worst trade I ever made in Dynasty yeah, back when Javante was the hot rem- shit. Javante was the hot commodity. Okay. Cheetah was just traded to Miami. Everybody was not on the whole Cheetah situation with Tua and Miami. I wanted to get out of the situation. um, And I thought Javante was going to have a huge year and he winds up tearing his shit. I traded Javante for Cheetah. In hindsight, I'm fucking huge L, but I've came back from that. My team is fucking solid as hell. So, but it's just an example like of just a bad trade that I made trying to bet on a (laughs) running back. And it turned to shit. It really yeah, hurt me, you yeah. know, because if Javante finished as a top five guy, then like I'm Gucci, like, okay, yeah, cheetah is cheetah, but at least I've got like a top five running back. The rest of my team is good. So, but it wound up turning out really bad. So, yep. You know, I, I just don't trade. want to, you know, invest in these running backs when, you know, they can get injured and everything goes to shit from there. The moment Nick Chubb gets 25 carries in a game is the moment I trade him. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. I ain't mad at that. I am not mad at Sean that. Sean Watson, dead money is 200 mil. No way they keep Chubb. Yeah, so listen, if Chubb's out, then boom. That's even worse. Javante looks like Uncle Lenny even. <laughs> <laughs> Giants funny. could go QB, but, I mean, they did pay Danny Jones, so I think they've got at least one more year where like, I don't think they can get rid of him. At no, for, after they haven't year. they haven't out after 24 on Daniel Jones. Yeah, workhorse backs are there's very few of those guys, and everything is two-headed backfield, and it's a bunch of RB2s out there. We're we're deciding between a bunch of RB2s for our for our yep. lineup, basically, if you don't have one of those top guys. So facts. You think how how would Peyton handle Russ in the wrong or justified? I think he hated Russ from the beginning at all. And it yep. all like it started with like just his trainers at first too. Peyton's like, oh no, nah, ain't nobody bringing their own trainers in the building. Like mm-hmm. he so shut it all that started shit down. like it started way, 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 way back. Um, yeah. And uh yeah, it's just I, listen, I he can do what he wants. He's fucking Sean Payton. Like he's a hall of fame coach. But if I'm being like perfectly honest, like I'm a little upset at the way, like he kind of handled it. Like, I don't think that he had to do it in that particular way. Like if you don't like him, okay. But like, there's no reason to kind of do what he did and then threaten like, all right, we're just going to fucking bench you because now you, you know, you got the players association, players association involved. Like we all kind of thought he was innocent on fucking bounty gate. Was he fuck? Was he really? I mean, <laughs> now that you see this, it just raises questions. It's like, bro, what the fuck? Like, so yeah, the thing, I mean, the, it is what it is, but go ahead. 
the thing that was interesting for me about the whole Russell Russell situation was there was a game a couple of weeks ago where somebody messed up or somebody did something wrong, like an offensive lineman or a receiver. And then Sean Payton was on the sideline yelling at Russ. And we're all like, what the fuck did Russ do? Like, so I listen, I, I don't think a lot of people and you've even heard a lot of people from the from his Seattle team come out and say, like, Russ was a diva. Russ was this. Russ was that. Whatever. But. Listen, man, Sean Payton knew what he was getting into when he went to Denver, right? He knew Russell Wilson was the quarterback. So, you know, for for Sean Payton to go into that situation and listen, they, they started off terribly and credit to Russ for at least holding down that ship, right? Because when you're the franchise quarterback, you're the leader of that team and that team could have went in the absolute tank. Now that defense was pretty bad early on. But Russell Wilson's actually been pretty good this season. Like he hasn't been a dumpster fire. And obviously last season, you know, set the standard pretty low. But yeah, I think, I mean, listen, I was never a big fan of Sean Payton because of the Bounty Gate situation. Um, I think they, I think Sean Payton has a, has an ego and he's still living off that Super Bowl. He won 15 years ago and a lot of people, and he had Drew Brees, right? Like, so I, I think I think Russ got the shitty end of the stick. Some some because of his play, some because of the person he is. But I just think it was just a bad match to begin with. So I don't necessarily love Russ as a person either. I mean, shit. I think the whole let's ride. I mean, he he's corny sometimes. It's cringe. I mean, it's cringe. Yeah. Whatever. But that's just Russ. I mean, but he's still you know a quarterback that can play. And uh, yeah, I, I think hopefully he goes to a new team, and uh, we'll see where he goes. But. Uh, JC's asking some questions here about some running back. All right, let's get into the uh, let's get into the running back shit here. So, yeah, who is Dynasty RB one? I mean, there's a few different guys that you can throw up in here for this conversation about the Dynasty RB one. And I mean, for me, we can talk about Gibbs, we can talk about Bijan, we can talk about Brees. It, you know, if you're more of a win now kind of guy, or you want to just kind of take it year to year, I CMC. You, can, I would, I wouldn't put CMC up there, but you can make an argument He's in the conversation at one as well. <laughs> so I think that he is in the conversation. So a few different guys that we can talk about here, but let's talk about, I guess, let's talk about Bijan first. Okay, let's talk mm-hmm. about Bijan because he was the dynasty RB1 coming into the season, going to Atlanta. Not even close. It wasn't uh, even close. Not even close. He was the RB1. <laughs> um, and things didn't kind of work out how we thought they would. Now, we still, what, RB12 on the season, if I'm not mistaken? Yep, full PPR. So, yeah, I mean, he's RB12 on the season. He's got 203 carries for 948 yards with four touchdowns. He's got 78 targets, 51 catches for 384 yards on three touchdowns. So seven total tutties on the season. Yards, over 1,200 yards of scrimmage, close to 1,300 yards. Exactly, close to 1,300 scrimmage. I mean, he's still giving us solid production, but we know that he should be giving us so much more. He's not being given the opportunities that we feel he should be given. So does that automatically bump him down? Does that automatically take him out of the RB1 conversation if we're talking about right now? I mean, we know what he can do, but he is a running back. We know they don't last long. We know these guys get injured. So there's only so much of a window for these running backs to, you know, produce and give us these kind of these huge seasons. So what is the thoughts on Bijan now? Is he still the RB1 
Or is this an actual conversation now that other guys can be ahead of him at this point? So there's a caveat to this. And the one caveat that you didn't bring up was the coaching staff. Like that, Mm -hmm. like that is the caveat, right? Because just take a quick peek at the numbers to support what I'm about to say here. Right. There's games where he's had 19, 22, 16, 18, and 15 carries. Outside of those games, he's had 10, 10, 14, 14, 13, 11, 11, 10, and 12. Seven in there, a one mixed in. That was, remember that weird game where he got one carry because he was sick, apparently? Mm-hmm. Um, but now, to be fair, the targets, I love the targets, right? He's got, what do we say, 78 targets, and he'll probably finish with like 83, 84, somewhere in there. So that's fantastic. I love the targets in the passing game, but it just feels like, that coaching staff is holding him back from being truly elite. Now, is that a product of them not wanting to wear him down? Is that a product of Arthur Smith just thinking he's smarter than everybody? I it, it, I don't know. I, I can't answer that question directly. But I will say the biggest thing holding Bijan back from being the number one running back is that coaching staff in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean – Coaching staff is obviously a big thing. Is Arthur Smith gone? Is he not gone? And it's rough because if you're looking at for just next year, obviously just that uncertainty makes you want to feel like, okay, Mm -hmm. do I feel safer with a Jameer Gibbs? Do I feel safer with a Christian McCaffrey? Do I feel safer with with Brees Hall, especially with an Aaron Rodgers now coming back next season? So now comes into discussion of, you know, Jameer Gibbs, right? He was coming in as pretty much the RB two or three, at least in the top three, four for, for most people coming in, right? Right behind Bijan. <clears throat> we expected a ton out of the gate as he was drafted as a, you know, top 15 pick. And we didn't see that right off, right? And there were question marks. Okay, here we go. Now it's DeAndre Swift again. Monty's going to get all the touches. And, you know, Monty got hurt a little bit. We saw Gibbs finally kind of show us what he can do. And then he kind of earned a role now for the rest of the season. And on the season now, RB8, 169 rushes for 915 yards, nine touchdowns, another 70 targets, 52 catches for 316 and a tutty. So really playing awesome get on the field a lot more lately and now he's seeming to be getting since pretty much what week seven ish seven it seems mm-hmm. to be getting at least what i've been saying the whole time <clears throat> like a 10 ish to 15 carries and like a four to seven targets like that's ca- kind of what we've been seeing now there's a few games where he didn't get those targets and he's been a little bit kind of i don't want to say up and down but there's been a few dud games in there, but he's given you just a ton of upside with the pass catching. And of course, when he's rushing too, we can see how electric he is. He's got, you know, nine rushing touchdowns on the season. Mm-hmm. And you and we always thought that Monty was going to be the guy that's yamming it in there. And for the most part, he is, but Gibbs is just getting just explosive plays. So now comes into the conversation now comes into the conversation <laughs> is Jameer Gibbs ahead of Bijan. <clears throat> so we don't even have to talk about one and two. Let's just talk about Jameer Gibbs Bijan for a second. 
Is Jameer Gibbs ahead of Bijan? Would you take Jameer Gibbs over Bijan? I would for a couple of reasons. Obviously, you laid out how awesome he is, the role he's carved out. He's proved that he's valuable when he's getting between 18 and 22 opportunities a game. For me, the 5.4 yards a carry on a significant amount of carries. What do we say? He had 169 uh, Mm -hmm. carries. Yep. When you have 169 carries and you're averaging 5.4 yards a carry, that's a good enough sample size to let me know that this guy is amazing. Right. And another 70 targets to boot. And remember, he didn't have a role those first four weeks for the most part. Now, obviously, the Monty injury kind of opened the door for for them to see what Gibbs can do. And he had that bust out game against Baltimore, as you said, in week mm-hmm. seven, where he had the um, he had he had his first touchdown. And then he had the crazy game against Vegas um, where he ran for a buck 52. So <clears throat> they know what he can do. And just to further the point a little bit. He's playing on a better offense. He's playing on a better team. He's playing mm-hmm. for a better head coach. He's playing for a team that organizationally, we never looked at the Lions and were like, yeah, this this is a really good organization. They're a good organization now. Like, because of their their head coach, uh, Dan Campbell, right? He's He's got those boys doing work. And he utilizes his best players. He's not dumb. And he knows that for them to go where they want to go and for them to be effective – Jameer Gibbs has to be an integral part of that offense, right? And they have the, it feels like Jameer Gibbs complements David Montgomery perfectly. Like Mm -hmm. it it feels like they're they're the perfect complement where, where David Montgomery is getting 15 carries a game and Jameer Gibbs is getting another 10, 11, 12 with, as you said, five, six targets in the passing game. So they, and they just have all the pieces that fit well. And he's utilized on a consistent basis every single game. Whereas we have to wonder if Bijan is going to get used four times a game or 20 times a game. It, it's Jameer Gibbs for me at this point. Yeah, I mean, it is it is tough because like you can look at Bijan and say, okay, well, you know what? Right now, Bijan is kind of getting almost the same-ish kind of work as Gibbs, 10-ish to 15 carries, you know, maybe four to seven targets. Obviously on a worse offense. So, I mean, how much worse can it get for Bijan? You could That's argue, fair. right? You could also argue, okay, Jameer Gibbs is what? Well, RB8 right now. Bijan is RB12. I mean, if things and get better for like Bijan, or, Bijan or if he's getting the 20 carries plus all the, you know, five to seven, <laughs> you know, targets a game as well, you know, that is obviously going to vault him into, you know, the top RB finishes. Mm-hmm. So you could argue that, you know, maybe we're not as confident for Bijan next season, but maybe the year after. And I mean, obviously that's wishful thinking. And of course, you know, the RB landscape changes, right? From season to season, mm-hmm. injuries happen mm-hmm. and all that. So, you know, I think for maybe particularly next season, for sure, you might want Gibbs over Bijan. But for the long run, would you rather have a guy like Bijan where we know that potential is that 2025 carries and the receptions and the targets in the passing game? Like we know what that could be. Doesn't matter that we know what it can be because it's just more important of what the coaching staff is going to do. It doesn't matter what we want or what we think, right? The coaching staff and the NFL is going to do what they want. And I think that is where you have to decide 
do you want to go for that upside or do you want to just say, fuck it? I know what, what Gibbs is. I know what he's going to give me. Like why play that game with Bijan? Why should I take the chance on that? Why does this feel like the same conversation we have with a teammate of his Drake London? <laughs> well, it's the same conversation. Like Drake London has like wide receiver one, like you say that, that build that wide receiver one, uh, uh, prototype but they're, they're just not being used in the way that we feel like they should be or could be you know if, if they had the right head coach in place and the quarterback to a certain degree I think the quarterback matters as well a little bit the quarterback matters a little bit less for a running back in terms of you just got to turn the turn around and hand the ball off from that standpoint but <clears throat> it, it it concerns me now I think Bijan has more of a workhorse type role or ceiling i should say Bijan has more mm. of a workhorse type ceiling than gibbs does but gibbs is just being utilized so much more effectively on a better offense with a better offensive line better weapons around him that get him the ball and he doesn't i feel like gibbs doesn't need 25 carries to be as effective as Bijan in their particular situations all things being equal Right. Bijan is probably the better guy. Right. He's the workhorse type guy, where as as Gibbs is more of a Tony Pollard, where you're going to get you want to keep him in that 15 to 18 range so he could have maximum efficiency. Um, So there's caveats to this, though. Right. We have to look at it from the situations that they're in, because all things being equal, it's Bijan and it's not close, but all things are not equal. And these guys are on Mm -hmm. different teams with, you know, all the things I talked about in terms of quarterback, head coach, wide receivers, offensive line, et cetera, et cetera. So those things are a factor. And at this standpoint, it's Gibbs. Yeah. I mean, like you said, 2025 touches, I mean, that or 2025 carries, in that matter, that is like the ceiling. That's what, you know, we know that he can do. That's what we're, you know, we're hoping expecting. for, but is it expecting, <laughs> but is it ever going to get to that point? Like he's supposed right. to be the next, you know, Saquon-ish, like, mm-hmm. you know, he's supposed to get that, that workhorse role. Is that going to happen if a new coach comes in or is it not like, or would you rather just not take that chance and just have Gibbs instead? So I think for me, like I, I think I'm with you. I'd rather have Gibbs. And then when I know shit changes for Bijan and he might get that 2025 touches, it's not going to cost you probably much, if anything, to go from Gibbs to Bijan. You know, so, you know, you might even get Bijan plus like I'm okay with going from Gibbs to Bijan and getting something on top of it. If we're at this point now where we have Gibbs valued over Bijan. So what do you guys think out there? You got Gibbs or Bijan. Who do you have over who? And then we're going to talk about the other two guys that I think are in this conversation, which are Brees Hall and Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what we got in here. Arthur Smith's a fantasy terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. Preach, Diaz. Dijon depends on coach and QB. Okay. McCaffrey for one more year. Okay. We'll get into that. Kyron is there. Yeah, I can't put Kyron in there yet. But, I mean, it is a conversation. I guess some people have, yeah. I mean, do they bring someone else in? I think that's my fear about Kyron is he's not the typical workhorse back. Like, by situation, he is getting the workhorse right now. But is that going to be the case next year? Do they bring somebody else in? He did get injured this year. So, you know, do they bring somebody else in to help out a little bit? There's just no competition in that backfield right now. So, Arthur Smith is fired. Bijan's number one. 
one B. Okay. Yeah, I can I can see that. Like I said, all things being equal, it's Bijan, but all things are not equal at this point. They don't use Bijan like they should. Yep. He's got okay. So Song's got Gibbs in front of him. Will's got Gibbs over Bijan. Okay. It's just really disappointing, too, because we see what the potential is, right? Bijan's had those games where we're like his first game, right? He he broke out. I think he had like a receiving touchdown his first game or something like that. And we just saw some of the flashes. I think he um he actually made a play in week two against my Packers where he did like this crazy juke move and he just broke down the guy, the defender. And I was just like, this guy's amazing. And then, mm-hmm. and then a couple of weeks later, he's getting like five carries, seven carries, but like, what the fuck is going on here? Crispy said uh, Kyron is on the rise. He is on the rise, but I, that's a ton of recency bias where we love to take advantage in, in dynasty and, and selling these guys at these peaks right now. I mean, listen, Kyron could be the guy also next year. I, I, we can, I can totally accept that fact, but I don't want to bet on it. And if I've got a chance to come off of him at top five running back, like in dynasty value, I'm absolutely going to come off of that and go grab me a, a wide receiver because that is just way too high to play with. Um, you know, he's a guy that I don't think any of us expected to be a workhorse guy. Like they were, they're giving this guy everything, um, but he's not your typical workhorse guy. He is a smaller back. We obviously did see him get injured this year as well. And the Rams have, they were been tried to get a running back for a while, like even with Kyron on the roster. And I just don't know how safe he is if they don't bring somebody else in. Now, if they do bring somebody else in and take a little bit of work, okay, maybe his, maybe he gets like 70-30, even 60-40. Like, that's still good in that offense mm-hmm. with Matt Stafford and uh, what's his name, McVay, saying that he's going to be back in there. So that gives mm-hmm. you like a good mm-hmm. – that does give you a good feeling, right, that he can be pretty safe, that he's going to get good touches. Now, is it going to be top five? touches i mean we don't know as long as that offense is good if puka cup stafford are there everything is in play great but is there not a possibility that they do bring someone else in or they minimize the workload to a point where he's not top three top five and can we feel safer even after next season i think that's the even bigger question especially in dynasty right is can we feel safe after next season even for kyron We've talked about this on several occasions and it, and it rings true for virtually every running back out there outside of the top, you know, four ish guys. Like it's a year to year thing. Right. And then you factor an injury on top of it. It makes it even more of a shit show. I think Huss said it where it's just like it's crazy. It's it's really crazy for the running back situation. So you kind of just have to cross your fingers and hope that you have good luck or or hit on the right guy at the right time, like a Kyron. You know what I mean? Like you catch that lightning in a bottle for a year or two because it can all change very quickly. Remember James Robinson from Jacksonville when he was going nuts? Mm-hmm. How quick did that last? Not very, not very quick. So uh, not very long. So Philip Lindsay happen. Right? Any guys, of these dude. guys that don't have the draft capital. Um and they just wind up can fall off fast. And like, right, we don't know what with Stafford after next year, like what kind of happens with that as he's getting older. McVay as well. Like if they don't finish as a good season, like what happens after that with the QB situation, you know, with Cup, like, you know, how good is yeah. that team at that point? So it's just so know, volatile. I, I think if that especially if you don't have the draft capital. Yeah. So I think that you can feel safe with Brees, you can feel safe with Gibbs, you can feel safer 
um you McCaffrey. know with Bijan, with Bijan I I, I want to say as well because I think that you know just for the next few years but if you're just looking at it in that hindsight like one year at a time like yeah you can say Kyron is up there mm-hmm. yeah production wise and the, the the volume that he gets right the percentage of running back snaps that he gets he's just absolutely he probably has the highest percentage when he plays in his games of running back mm-hmm. snaps like he has to be in the top three or something like that. And I didn't even look at the numbers. So it's yeah. um, it, it's just so volatile at that position. Like it's so true. I think Diaz says it good here. I'm all for Kyron being ranked in the top five running backs in Dynasty. I'm not okay with paying top five running back prices. I, he's a fifth round running back that are they're running into the ground. I agree a hundred percent where I think it's, you know, it's a lot of just more of the value where they're, where everybody hasn't valued you you don't want to pay for Kyron at top five running back prices. You don't want to pay for that. So I agree a hundred percent, you know, they're absolutely running him into the ground. He's a smaller guy. We saw him get injured earlier. So, you know, but he gets absolutely everything. So that is the one thing with Kyron. Bijan's ceiling can be way higher than Gibbs. Lions have so many weapons. I agree. Brace is four uh, for Will. Rather have a coach in my RB go for two, five times in a row from the 25 type balls and Arthur Smith's Nazi mustache having that scheme and a double reverse <laughs> flea flicker to me, Cole Pruitt. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm with you there, Song. I'm with you there. JC said he's still got Bijan as RB one worst possible situation. Exactly. Like, you know, depending how you want to, how you want to look at it, I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you for real. So I, I think, I think the same way there rises RB's hard going to the next. Yeah. Fighter guys do have draft cap, but look at Trey Sermon, second round guy cut after two years. Right. And he was just the first guy uh, came to mind. Yeah. And that was with fucking Shanahan. Cause they just don't give a mm-hmm. fuck. They're just going to play, you know, they're just going to play the Hot best hand. guy. But yep. in, in most cases, it, it, it absolutely matters. And there are also of course, cases where, where it doesn't, and it didn't turn out that way. But for the majority of the time, most of the time you see the draft capital, you know, it does matter. And there's just higher percentage uh, of hits. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, Trey Sermon for sure was a, was a disappointment, like without a doubt. <clears throat> make sure to not mention McVeigh's wife <laughs> uh, people were trying to get him in the sub league for a 25 second like nah bro found money pay me or go lose <laughs> for sure he's he's definitely in the first range now but all right, we talked about Gibbs. We talked about Bijan. We talked about Kyron. Let's talk about Brees Hall, who will finish in the season strong on a team that lost Aaron Rodgers. Not great offensively, but came away with, at least as of right now, 74 catches on 93 targets, 579 yards for four tutties. Another four touchdowns on the ground, 816 yards, 186 carries 
pretty much finishing what RB four, depending on your league. So had a ton yeah. of catches. Um, so Brees Hall, who was pretty much the RB one before Bijan came along, right? Mm-hmm. And Brees wound up getting hurt. So Bijan back finishing as of right now in the top five. So what do we think about Bijan and his season? You mean Brees? I mean uh, Bijan. Mm-hmm. What do we think about Brees Hall and his season uh, so far? It's kind of um... – What's the word I'm looking for? It's kind of gotten overshadowed because that team has been so bad and there were such high expectations um, with, you know, with with Aaron Rodgers coming into the fold and with. One second, I was just getting some uh, messages from the um, the group chat. Um, so. Yeah, it, it Brees Hall season's kind of gotten overshadowed with um with how bad the Jets have been versus what their expectations were. And you know, Brees Hall hasn't been incredibly effective. Like there there's games where he's had two yards of carry, one and a half, three and a three and a quarter, one point. Like his efficiency hasn't been good. And that's because the Jets stink. Their offensive line stinks. Like we know that. Um, so for him to be in the top four. That, that kind of feels like a floor, right? Like if he's if he's doing this well on this bad of a team, and I think he's buoying a lot of his production with those catches because if you look since basically week eight, he's had nine targets, six targets, nine targets, eight targets, nine targets. Bro, he had 16 targets against Washington <laughs> in mm-hmm. week 16. So he's he's really doing his thing um, in, in terms of buoying his production on a really bad team. Um, if they improve the offensive line this offseason and Aaron Rodgers is back, he could be RB1 overall next season, potentially, right? With the way with the way Aaron could get him the ball at that offensive line is at least a little bit better. So overall, this is probably probably about as good as it could have you could have hoped for for Brees Hall, um, considering all the other factors that went on with the Jets this season. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> now just looking at the you know receptions, obviously, you know, for Brees Hall and the targets. Could you argue that next season with Aaron Rodgers back, it is not going to be that high because Aaron Rodgers is actually throwing the ball downfield and not dropping it, you know, not dropping it down um, underneath as much. But you can also argue that Brees will make up for that in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns still a workhorse guy i mean we've seen um we've seen i'm gonna pull up uh aaron jones real quick like we've seen aaron jones finish as you know a top five guy top 10 guy mm-hmm. numerous years with aaron Rodgers. you know 50-ish catchers or so so i do think that the targets and receptions come down but i think he still can have you know three to five hundred yards receiving but then he can reach that maybe 1200 1300 yards rushing in a better offense and more and rushing touchdowns that's where i was going to go with that how many more rushing touchdowns would he have because of if aaron's there right you got to spread out a little bit you know mm-hmm. you got to respect the receiving the receiving core you know what if what if they pull what if they go out there and get Devonte adams this offseason mm-hmm. like especially down there at that goal line so um, yeah, like I said, for, for Bree, and I didn't even realize Brees Hall was, was RB4. Now he did have that monster game against Washington, as I said, where he had 43 points in full PPR. So that kind of vaulted him, but he's had some really good games. Houston, he had a really good game 
Denver in week five, he had a really good game. Philly, he had a solid game. So <clears throat> he's been he's been probably about as good as you could have hoped for. Like I said, he's, he hasn't missed any games, right? I think week two, he may have gotten injured. He only got four. Oh, he only got four carries or something. I don't know what was going on there. He wasn't being utilized very much the first month because I guess coming off the injury, et cetera. That's why they brought in a Dalvin cook. Um, so even throw that on top of it, right? The numbers could be a little, or, or even a little more skewed because he ri- virtually didn't do a ton the first month outside of that first game. Mm-hmm. But there's, imagine this is the floor. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's big time, right? I mean, we know what he can do. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, he's out in the conversation for that RB1. I mean, and then you talk about CMC, right? The other guy in that conversation, right? CMC, more of a win-now guy. I mean, these guys are win-now too. Obviously, they're putting up points, but CMC – where is he at? Hold on. Let me pull him up real quick. He's obviously number one. He's a number one CMC, overall player. <laughs> almost 1,500 rushing yards right now. Another <laughs> almost 600 receiving. Um, 21. Touchdowns. You know, 21 touchdowns. Just unreal at 27 years old. Now we do see, obviously, the decline, <laughs> you know, that comes with it. And the injuries that can happen as – they get older. He's a little banged up right now, actually. Looks like he's going to be out for this week. Well, that's because they clinched the one. And of, co- of course they clinched as well. But, I mean, he he did come up a little bit hobbled. Um, you had mentioned, you know, with the usage on Chris, Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. that you were a little bit worried about that Yep. for next season. Going into next season, we've seen him finish as RB, what, two last year, RB1 so far this year. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he's got a lot of a lot of miles on him. Is he a guy that starts to decline or are we still riding him out for the next few years? Like he is in the conversation for that RB one in dynasty, even at his age. So what do you think? And is he really in that conversation or can he just be taken out just by age automatically? Or are we just taking the production and saying, this is just overruling the youth and the years to come with what Christian McCaffrey is right now. Does he still have maybe two, maybe three years left? I think this is a similar conversation to what we have when we talk about wide receivers and we include Tyreek Hill in there, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same exact parallel because the 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 production is so incredible that it does start to overrate or overtake the youth of the other guys, right? It starts to become like, damn, this guy is just head and shoulders production wise above you know, all these, even these younger guys, right? The production Mm -hmm. is just there. So yeah, I mean, listen, he's obviously he's in the conversation, the thing, and you, you had mentioned it. I, I get concerned with his usage, like, and the way San Francisco runs the ball with him, like they're running him between the tackles. Like that makes me nervous. (laughs) Um, But his, his, his carries have tapered off um a little bit towards down the stretch of the season he hasn't had a 20 carry game since week 11 against tampa bay so and he's the most carries he's had in the game is 22 and that was week one but why does it feel like he's had like 25 30 carries in a game doesn't it feel like the that because he's catching the ball and fucking running as well so they're throwing those you know those little mm-hmm. short ones he's got some games where i mean five catches five catches six catches five catches six catches even like the targets are crazy you know so he's he, getting the shit ton of targets and catches 
so so Christian McCaffrey Christian McCaffrey currently has three hundred and thirty or three hundred and fifty five opportunities between targets and rushing attempts. Three fifty five. That's a lot. For their yeah. style, and and San Francisco is a they're a physical type team, right? They and it, it it's a lot for me, and it it definitely concerns me. But because the production is so good, because they have a really good coach, a really good team, a really good offensive line, all the things we talked about with San Francisco before, is that I still feel comfortable over the next two to three years about Christian McCaffrey being productive. But it does concern me the usage. Like I I honestly thought, and remember going back to the beginning of the season. We were talking about like, yeah, Eli Mitchell should be involved. You know, if Eli Mitchell's getting eight, 10 carries a game, especially down there at the goal line, like they're not fucking around at the goal line. They're using Christian McCaffrey at the goal line. So um, so that was really interesting to see early on in the season. And that kind of made me a little nervous. Like, damn, is he going to be able to hold up? And Christian McCaffrey has had some injuries in the past, right? Remember those couple mm-hmm. of years in Carolina? I think he finished RB1 and RB2. And then for two straight years, he was just injured. Mm-hmm. So it was like, damn, maybe all that usage in Carolina, you know, kind of caught up with him. And then, you know, he goes to San Francisco and they sprinkle the fountain of youth on the guy and he's just an absolute maniac again. So I I listen, he's amazing. He definitely belongs in the conversation because of his because of the productivity, the absolute just overwhelming productivity. But um, it would concern me going into next year to mm-hmm. a degree. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I could put him at RB1, but it really depends on how you look at it. And Diaz has mentioned something about that uh, in here. really depends like how you want to rank them because rankings are obviously very subjective, right? You have your, you know, your age, you have the production, you have, you know, the coaching staff, the future, the contracts. Like there's so many things obviously that you can look at. Is it like startup rankings? Is it? you know, by value, like, how do you want to look at it? So being all in all, I mean, I'm okay with any of these guys really being anybody's RB one. They're all guys that are, are great running backs and deserving to even say they are RB one dynasty running backs, but Brees Hall, Jameer Gibbs, Bijan Robinson, CMC for me, at least those are the four guys that are in the conversation. And if I had to rank them, I'd probably have Gibbs, I probably have Gibbs, Brees, Bijan, CMC. I mean, that's probably how I would rank it. Mainly just because of CMC's age. I know at any point in time, like that's a that's that's a ticking time bomb. And you can say that about any of these running backs, because just because they're running mm-hmm. back, obviously. Um, but and the reason why I kind of would rank them that way is because I think right now, most in most people's eyes, Jameer Gibbs is the RB1. Um, Bijan and Brees, I mean, you could kind of go back and forth, but people still love Bijan, so that's why I'd probably have him uh second and then have Brees or either or. I mean, uh, they're kind of the same for me, and then CMC. So, you know, if you want to go by value wise, I think you know, you can argue that, and all of these guys are worth like two plus first. I mean, you're not getting mm-hmm. these guys for cheap. And, you know, that's why I don't recommend buying any of these guys. Like when you're talking about buying some of these guys, I mean, these guys cost way too much to buy. For I mean, too much volatility. At, you know, if you're, if you're in a startup and you want to take one of these anchor guys and kind of build around them, 
like, okay, like that is one strategy that you can use. I wouldn't really advise it because one injury kind of crushes that, but that would be kind of the only way that I would probably have one of these running backs. Like I don't want to buy some of these guys, you know, that's why we like to stash running backs. That's why, you know, Kyron Williams, Jerome Ford's like, I've got them on a ton of teams. I'm just stashing backup running backs and just, hoping one of these guys finally gets a chance through injuries that always happen at the running back position. So what do you got here, Hammer? What is your kind of order of these guys or how exactly do you look at it? Do you, are you looking at it as, you know, a kind of startup value? Are you looking at it as kind of, uh, you know, trade value or production? Like what do you factor in, you know, how do you factor in your rankings? I think you have to factor them all in Um, for me. It is the combination of production and situation. That's kind of how I look at it. And and I brought that up with with the Gibbs-Bijan difference, right? Because like I said, all things being equal, Bijan is the guy over Gibbs. But that the situation matters, right? Gibbs is playing on a much better team with a much better offense, line, all that good stuff. So I would have Gibbs one. I would have Bijan two. I would have CMC three and Breeze four. Um, that offensive line with the Jets is a concern for me. I don't know if you can fix that entirely in one season. Um, the, the Aaron Rodgers thing should help, but I think Christian McCaffrey is just overwhelming production, and it doesn't seem like there's anything that's going to stop him other than injury from being productive over the next two plus seasons. So it would be Gibbs one, Bijan two. If Bijan had a different coaching staff and you know, whatever he'd be one, uh, CMC three breeze four. But as you said, man, all these guys can be interchangeable in, in terms of obviously Christian McCaffrey with the age, notwithstanding these guys can be interchangeable because we know how awesome they can be, but the running back situation is just such a fucking crap shoot. It really is. It's just weird. Cause even though I put CMC at four, like if I had to choose between any of these guys, yeah, I fuck, I want CMC, <laughs> right? Because I'm, I'm just, I, I, I want that. He's just, he's gonna be the RB one. Like, I mean, if you're mm-hmm. telling me throwing twenty tutties on a, on a good offense, like that's the guy, of course, that you want. But the problem is, he still cost you two plus first, but he's not like he shouldn't be worth that because of the age. But he is just because of the, mm-hmm. the production that he's putting out. So. It's like, it's very hard to go out and buy any of these guys. Yeah. But yeah, what do y'all think? How would, how would you guys rank these guys in order, uh, you know, from one to four, I guess, or maybe you have somebody else in that top four. Bijan Gibbs, uh, Brees Hall, CMC. How do you guys have them? Or do y'all have anybody else in that top four? It really gets tough towards, you know, especially when you're talking about the top of the top in terms of like separating them one versus two, right? You kind of have to look for things in terms of, and I think Diaz actually brought up a good point in terms of tiers. And we do the running back, wide receiver, quarterback tiers. Uh, we've done that a couple of times. I'm pretty sure we'll do it again before the season starts. Um, so I think that's a really good point uh, by Diaz in terms of tiers because it's hard to separate some of these guys right it's hard to like pick hairs with certain guys and then obviously when you factor in the age of a cmc versus the youth of a gibbs uh Bijan and and Brees, and then the other factor is the teams they're on so mm-hmm. that's when it becomes tough to split hairs but yeah 
Yeah, you know, and then how are you cheering? Are you cheering them just on the production? Are you cheering them on the on the age, right? There's a bunch of different ways that you can do it. So mm-hmm. but yeah, you can tear down, get seconds and thirds. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. Yeah. CMC is a Kelsey tier. <laughs> People think he fell off, but he finished tight end too. He, yeah, that's true. He did. He did, but he fell off I, compared to what he's done and like, like what we t- by his standards. By what his we standards for his standards. True, true. So, you know, consider ETN possibly in that group. I don't really. In the top four, no. Top eight, maybe. Hmm. Let's pull up uh Cur- currently RB2. He, he went on that crazy is, touchdown. He's RB8 that, on, on keep trade cut. That's why I said eight. He's got a ton of tutties. Right? Not crazy efficiency though. 3.79 a no. carry. Yeah. And the, the touchdowns had, is what's keeping him there. Like he hasn't had 20 carries since week 12. Like he was getting just a ton of more carries earlier in the season, and the touchdowns. He went on a three-game streak where he had two plus touchdowns. Yeah, he's only got one game over a hundred yards. He's involved in the passing game uh, a lot more, at least than he was last year. So that's a that's a good sign. But what can we expect? I mean, from this offense, Trevor Lawrence going forward. You know, are they keep it Ridley? Like, yeah. You know, what are they doing? I mean, after those kind of four guys that we talked about, Bijan, CMC, Gibbs, and Brees, I mean, you've got guys like, what, Jonathan Taylor, A-Chan, mm-hmm. Kyron, right? ETN, Kenneth Walker. I mean, Saquon. Yep. You've got guys like that coming after. I mean, is it JT after that? Is it A-Chan? Is it Kyron? Right. I mean, you can go with any of those guys. They're all kind of the same almost. I feel safer with JT or HN than I do with Kyron. So, I mean, if you're looking at the longevity and contracts and stuff, like you could put those guys over Kyron. <clears throat> ETN. There's another tough one, Kenneth Walker, and you kind of have to almost you kind of almost slot those guys behind those other guys, right? Like, I don't know, it's tough. I think you can make I, an argument for for any of those guys, really. I still like ETN because I do think like Jacksonville has a solid team. Um, I don't think they lived up to anyone's expectations this year um, in terms of offensive production. Now ETN's been RB two, but I think that's been kind of skewed a little bit by the touchdown production, which I mean, listen, 11 touchdowns is really, really good, but it's been, it's been sporadic. You know, Mm -hmm. there's been games where he's been really good, 25, 30 points. And then there's games where he's been bad, six and a half, eight, six, nine. So, and the efficiency is what really um, concerns me going from five yards a carry last year on 220 carries to 3.79 on 250 carries. Now the receptions did go up. Obviously he's got 67 targets, only 45 targets last year. So uh, that's a good, that's a good way to bolster yourself in terms of your, um, your ranking. 
Yeah, I mean, he's got, what, two more years and then the option. So there's another reason why you can kind of put him kind of behind all those guys we talked about, including JT, A-Chan. And then you've got, you know, Saquon. Like, how far down can you put Saquon? I mean, he's, what, 27, but still a workhorse guy. Does he yeah. stay on uh does he stay on the Giants or does he wind up going? I mean he's, he's in the RB, same RB sixteen this season. I mean it's been bad. And he's in the same situation as a Josh Jacobs. Literally the same exact situation. So I think he's better, but <laughs> yeah, running backs are just so damn fickle, man. It's it's that year to year, like you said, and it's so damn true where yeah. these guys you think are really awesome. And then the next year, the, the team goes out and drafts like, bro, how far did Kenneth Walker fall in our whole in our dynasty uh, subscriber league because they drafted Charbonnet? Oh, yeah. like I think somebody got Kenneth Walker in like the sixth round well, or e- something like that. E- ETN too. ETN fell with, yeah. you know, with Big with Bigsby. Bigsby. So it was a. Uh... There was a ton. And listen, we'll do uh we're gonna do top twelve like rankings on each of the positions probably soon enough. And then we'll all then we'll do like top twenty-four like before the season or as we get mm-hmm. into the off you know, into the off season. So I think we'll start bringing uh we'll start bringing some of that and we'll kind of we'll try and tear them up as well as we did last year. So yeah, buddy. We shall see. <clears throat> hey, Chan, if he could stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't love I, any of these guys that have that kind of value. Like, I just don't want to hold that at my running back position. You know, there's got to be something on your team that you can that you can upgrade to kind of make your team better for the long run. I mean, if you're competing, then absolutely it's great to have any of these guys. But even still, like I'm okay with moving off if you can get one of those top wide receivers. So depending how you want to shape your team, it's just rough because, you know, as we see, one injury just vaults them down. Mm-hmm. You know, Javante was one of the top five running back. Now he's RB 15. It happens that quickly for running backs. It really does. You know, Tony Pollard, RB 20 right now. After he was like a top 10 RB last season or going into at least going into the season, right? Ramondre is all the way down here, RB 23. Like shit hits the fan. I mean, Najee, RB 29. Yeah, Eckler, RB 30. Mixon, RB 26. I mean, Henry, Aaron Jones. Oh, Aaron Jones is RB 42. There you go. Uh, Ryan, what's up, Ryan? Uh, Dynasty full PPR. I think I get a first rounder for a Kelsey and a Pollard package. Somebody would be crazy enough to do that. Yeah, somebody will still like Kelsey. Like a mid, like a mid, uh, a mid to top tier team. Like if you're in a 12 team team, like somebody that's in fifth, 
might say, fuck it, I'll just give up a first rounder, maybe in a little bit something to to go for it. Yeah, it just depends if they need if they need a running back and a tight end, then they're more likely to give it up, right? So mm-hmm. you know, it just depends if that's what they if they need that, then I'm sure they'll give up a first. Kyron on the block in the sub league. Okay. Fuck Tony. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yep. Listen, we we didn't particularly like uh, Tony Pollard. I I can say that I took a lot of flack on Tony Pollard. I just didn't like him. He just he never I, had the workhorse load. We talked about that. We talked about he was the injury. perfect with the Zeke situation. You know, <clears> HN <throat> is exactly what he thought he was. Super fast, pass catching back, profile size arrest. Absolutely, Diaz. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Pollard 65 rushing yards away from 1K. Yeah, and listen, the amount of work that Tony Pollard got, like the, he is not producing what he what he should be with the amount of work that he's getting, with the goal line check opportunities the, that he's check getting. This, check this out, right? Last year, Tony Pollard, in all 16 games, rushed 193 times for 1,007 yards. That's 5.2 a carry, nine touchdowns. Obviously, he did some good stuff in the receiving game. Um, but this year he's ran it roughly 40 more times for 70 less yards. That's not good. 3.98 a carry. He is not meant to be a workhorse back. RB 15 on the season and he was ranked very, very high. Mm -hmm. 12, 13, 14, and a 12-team dynasty. What kind of players should I be looking at if I were trying to package three picks for a player? Is it one QB or is it uh, mm-hmm. is it super flex? And what is your like? What is your situation like? Do you need some veterans? Are you contending? You know, can you buy some veteran guys that can help you score some points? I mean, Diggs could be on the block, right? I mean, Devontae uh, Adams, Mike, Mike Evans, Devontae Adams, any of these guys could be on the block that you can spend some of these picks on. Said one QB. One QB. Do people actually value those picks? Like, what is your, like, how is your league with the draft and with the picks? I mean, and what's your situation? People laugh when I traded Pollard for late first, second, and Connor before the season. That manager didn't even make the playoffs. <laughs> it's a hell of a call. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. For sure. But that's kind of what he was worth. He was never gonna, he's not gonna be worth more. It, it, even if he would have had like a better season this season, like he's still like, are they gonna re-sign him? Or are they not? I mean, he's RB15, like purely based on like volume. I mean, this is mm-hmm. he's only had one season where he's averaged under five yards a carry. Um, this season. And no, he, in mm-hmm. 2020, he averaged 4.31, but under four yards a carry. Yeah, this is the first season under four yards a carry. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's just not as fresh. I mean, even receiving, I mean. The efficiency took a massive hit. It's that simple. When you get that much volume and you don't profile as that type of guy. Four yards less per catch. He's got no receiving touchdowns this year. And only five rushing touchdowns. And if I'm not mistaken, he's one of the most uh, used running backs at the goal line. Somebody have to check that stat. But It's crazy to me. 
Yeah, well, remember, remember, re- remember during the trade dead uh, during the trade deadline, Dallas was rumored to be getting Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. For that specific reason. Speaking of which, wonder where Henry winds up going, but well, that'll be interesting. They were talking about Baltimore, Dallas. I could see him going to Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, going back to the RB1, I mean, I guess that we are at least the majority of the majority of the community is has Gibbs over Bijan. Brees is kind of a toss up with Bijan, right? You can kind of go either or there. And then CMC, some have him after, some have him ahead of those guys just based on, you know, what he's doing obviously right now and that he could be fine for the next couple of years. So, I mean, I even think about it sometimes too. Like maybe I should put CMC all the way up there. It's tough you to know. split those hairs, right? Absolutely. The only problem is you can't get like I guess the other reason why I have him there is like value wise is you can't get what you want for CMC or what he's actually really worth because of the production that he puts up because his age is up there. You cannot really get, you know, what you really what want, where, worth, yeah. where if you have a Bijan, if you have a Gibbs, if you have a Brees, a manager is more likely to give up, you know, more than what they would for cmc so mm-hmm. looking at it like from that perspective is kind of another reason why i, I kind of have cmc over there because yeah, i think I i've got to give up uh you might have to give up you know a Brees, or you might have better luck giving up Brees or gibbs or Bijan to go and get like a top wide receiver than you would trying to give up a, a cmc right yep <laughs> Uh, not really contending or tanking. Weird situation where I have enough good players where I'd never be any worse than seven or eighth in the league, but I don't have enough to be better than third or fourth. So can you attach those picks to current wide receivers or running backs that you have to try and tear up, right? I mean, you don't want to make those picks. If you're seventh or eighth, that means that you probably have some guys that do have some value that you can probably use, add to those picks to go and get you know, some guys that can actually help you win get you into that top three jc why don't you send us your roster maybe we'll do a roster review this sounds like a good one to do yeah you can do that too bottom right hand corner dynasty life the number four ever at gmail.com um do that because we're going to start doing uh, roster reviews as well tony been stuffed more times on the goal line than jenna jameson in her prime Yo, Will, that sounds like a Diaz, like something Diaz would say. That's that's hilarious. Uh, song said, yeah, CMC RB1. Yep. Uh, Diaz uh, said, trade out of the 24 second and the 20, trade out for a 24 second and 25 first. Wait till you see who the warp monster is in season. Spend the 25 first on them, hold liquidity until you have more information. Yeah, I mean, you can do that as well. Trading back, trading into uh, the next season. I mean, I have a ton of like, thirds and fourths in sun leagues i'm not making all those picks but i mean if i can trade out into next year picks you know i'd love to do that so that's why i have some ammunition for for next season on contending teams can buy some veterans can buy some maybe you know backup running backs that come onto the scene after guys get hurt 
What do we think of Fields in 2024 if the Bears keep him and draft Harrison Jr., top five dynasty QB with DJ Moore and Marvin? That's a tough one um, for me, especially because <clears throat> Justin Fields doesn't have the security yet, right? Like Justin Fields was almost going to get traded last year, right? They're not making the playoffs this year. They've they always have this weird like when it doesn't matter anymore. Justin Fields plays well. He runs around a little bit. Now, I will say I would think that they should keep him and build around, but I could see a world where they're like. I could the most I guess the the option I could see them going with more likely than not is trading out of that number one pick, like you said earlier, Plunk, and you know, getting neighbors at like five or six or whatever, eight, ten, whatever the case is, trading down, taking neighbors and being able to fill out the rest of that roster, maybe build up the offensive line a little bit, et cetera, wherever they need pieces, um, and keeping Justin Fields because remember they still have the fifth year option. So that gives them another year to kind of, you know, kick the can down the road for another year. So that's an interesting tack. But I, if they get Marvin Harrison, then listen, they could be really good. But there's a lot more that goes into it than just having good wide receivers. So true. You know, they need to put it all together, right? We need to see Justin Fields put it together consistently. This is his third year now. Like when there starts to become a book on you after a certain amount of time and you haven't put it all together. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, he definitely have to finish top five. I mean, there's the possibility is definitely there. I mean, he did that without like weapons, just rushing the football. So I think it's a, it's a possibility, but he is a good, he's a, he's kind of a bargain, I guess you can say like, as of right now, as far as his value, like where you can get him in drafts or what you can get from trading. But finishing up the season strong is that'll be tough. Tear break after Gibbs Breeze CMC. Yep. I bought CMC when A Chan was hurt. I traded A Chan at 24 first and 25 first. Okay, so A Chan and two first for CMC won the championship. Worth it. Yeah, in that case, I mean, listen, if you're winning the championship and you're getting two CMC. Um, especially when like you took advantage of the value of HN and, mm-hmm. and said, you know what, I'm gonna go get a I'm gonna go get a top guy. So I mean you won, so that's a late first, basically an HN. I mean, for CMC, like I'll take it, and you're still good with CMC. You still got a championship squad, I'm guessing. So yeah, I mean the 25 first is gonna be late as well. So you can ch- kind of chalk that up to like two seconds almost at that point. To me, anytime you win, the answer is yes. If it's worth, if you win the championship, is it worth it? That the answer is always yes to that. Uh, from my True. perspective, mm-hmm. um, and and listen, we we were talking about it earlier. Where CMC is still going to be really good. So there's one thing I did want to bring up really quick was the um, the RB one thing where mm-hmm. no guy finishes RB one back to back seasons. Now McCaffrey can finish RB two, and it's kind of you know tomato tomato. But do you think that has an impact? You know, do you think that's a real thing where, you know, Christian McCaffrey could take a little bit of a step back next year and maybe finish RB5? Of course, it's a possibility. I mean, I think uh, he'd probably have to get injured for that to happen. I think if he's healthy, like, uh, he's fine. But does he get injured? That's the workload, man. I mean, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. That's what you. 
that's what you worry about. And typically any of these workhorse guys are going to miss a game, two games, mm-hmm. maybe three games. Like you can always expect them to miss a few games, but I think for the most part, like we're okay with CMC, but that time will come sooner or later. Uh, my bad. Hold on. I missed this one. Could you get Brees or Bijan for CMC? You think? Yeah. I mean, if you've got CMC, I'm sure you can probably tear down if it's, if they're a contending team. I mean, maybe even if not, like if you've got a young guy like Brees or Brees or Bijan, I mean, do you go get CMC? Like that's a tough prospect um, because CMC is kind of like that two year window guy. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with Tyreek Hill, as I was talking about earlier from the wide receiver standpoint, like it's the same exact situation. So listen, man, it's, I, 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 if you have the rest of the team around it to go out and win for the next two years, then yeah, you might consider that and just push all your chips to the middle of the table. So I guess we would have to see like that, what that exact trade would look like, what the rest of your team looks like, the the rest of the league. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, if you need the running back to win, otherwise, wh- whoever I can get more for, if I can get a better return for Brees Hall, then yeah, give me Brees over CMC. I mean, it all kind of depends on on your league and kind of what your situation is. If you're going for the going for the win or not. Is it time to try and sell high on Camara? Can we comfortably view him as a top 10 guy next year? I wouldn't say comfortably. I mean, Camara actually played really well this year. I think a lot of people, his stock was down coming into the season because he had the suspension early on. And then we just weren't quite, we weren't quite sure what, what he could be. Um, Mm -hmm. And he turned out to be pretty good value RB nine. Um, had some really, really awesome games after the suspension, cooled off a little bit. But I mean, even though Kamara is 28, he's kind of like that Austin Eckler type running back where he's not going to get a crazy ton of carries. So that doesn't concern me as much. I think his longevity is a little bit better than some of these kind of workhorse between the tackle guys. Um, because of his his receiving ability, I would say yes. Just because of his ability, like I said, to be a pass catcher, a big time pass catcher, that offense isn't great. You know, I'm not that excited about that offense. But considering he only played 13 games and he's still a, currently a top 10 running back, that's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, if you're not competing, then obviously you're getting rid of Kamara. I mean, if you're competing right. and you want to keep him, then that's fine. So it really just depends on, on your situation. And you're not going to get much for him. I mean, maybe you'll get a second. Maybe a second and a piece. I mean... Yes, at first they're never going to be more cheaper than they are right now. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That is something I would say. Mm-hmm. Ryan said he says uh, Bears would take Caleb and Neighbors. Yeah, that's a possibility. I mean, they could reset reset the clock, which I think DS says down here um, at the bottom. They could reset the clock at the QB position, absolutely, and wind up trading away fields. I mean, we've heard uh, some rumors of Atlanta, 
Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, absolutely. They have a bunch of different ways that they can go here. It'd be interesting to see because I think and polls is uh what's his name ryan polls job is at the cusp like i don't know so we don't know really what's going to happen are the new guys going to come in or not i mean dj moore's making a strong case for for fields i mean we've seen the support that he's giving him so far so and, and the fans of course you know we heard him chanting so what's crazy about the Bears situation is with their their little late season surge right they were they had obviously the number one pick from carolina but they were they were in like the one four position for most of the season. And then obviously they they started winning some games like they're at the 10 spot now, you know, so so a guy like neighbors could be off the board by the time they get to 10. Right. They could. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think I hope they don't beat the Packers, but whatever, in a situation where they do beat Green Bay, maybe they go. Maybe they slide even further back. What if they, what if they fall to 12 or something like that? So mm-hmm. um, that's actually very interesting that the Bears kind of had this late season surge where it's not going to be the one in the four. Now it's going to be like the one in the 10, the one in the eight, something like that. For sure. Yeah. Diaz. I mean, listen, the fields go somewhere else. Absolutely. Lamar get to step in. <laughs> Coaching does matter. Mm-hmm. In the past two years, I traded away Hertz, Chase and Stroud in separate deals to stack my lineup one this year, have the one-on-one rookie pick. Okay. It's pretty nice. Awesome. Thoughts on Dobbins coming back? I mean, we don't know. <clears throat> Man, that 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 Mitchell injury was that hurt my soul. That Mitchell injury really hurt my soul because it looked like he was on his way to really carving out a nice role in that that Ravens offense. And, yeah, I mean, J.K.'s a free agent in 2024, so we don't even know if he's going to be back on the Ravens, right? So we'll see what happens there. J.C. said he's reaping the benefits now. Sold his soul for championships. Okay. Listen, hey, listen. That's worth it sometimes. Now you got to recoup a couple of years. I'm in, a, I'm in a similar situation, way. so I feel that. Yeah, JT is a uh, is a guy that a lot of people are down on, so I kind of like his value a little bit too. I mean, I'm still not buying him, but <laughs> I have CMC looking to trade out. Yeah, let me see if you can grab one of the younger guys or you tear down. I believe Marvin Harrison and neighbors are closer than consensus thinks. Yeah, they could be. They could be. I mean, we've seen what neighbors done, you know, did this year. But they can both be top 10 picks. It's possible. In that case, like neighbors will be, you know, top 10 dynasty wide receiver. Marvin Harrison's already like cemented in the top five pretty much. Mm hmm. If it weren't for the quarterbacks, he'd be going higher. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see. That's true. Had the Rodgers Adams duo, two straight MVP years. Yeah, yeah. Anytime you have anybody with that magical season, I mean, you know, it can like happen. He's having Burrow and Chase a couple of years ago. Burrow and Chase. Colts offense looks to be in good hands. Just signed a nice contract. Yeah. One of the safest RBs in Dynasty. That's true. Listen, I, I like JT, and I like that um, 
Like he's a guy I, I like might actually, I don't know. I might be lying. Might actually <laughs> draft in like a startup just because you can probably get him like decently late where mm-hmm. like, you know, but I don't know. It all depends. But yes, I do like JT. If you can get him for, for cheap, then I'm okay with that. You know, or if you can move from a, a Bijan Gibbs, Brees Hall tier down to JT plus, like, you know, it might cost you JT and a first to go and even get a Brees Hall, Gibbs, Bijan type. I'll take the first and move and, and tear down a little bit. Penix is a is great kind of in the in the pocket, like when everything is going right. Not great when kind of things uh, go bad or when he's got to try and create for himself. But he's a fucking accurate quarterback. We've seen what he's doing this year, and it's going to be interesting to see how high he goes in the draft. Mm-hmm. You know, does he get picked in the top 15? Are the, are the Vikings one of the teams that kind of are, are looking at a QB? I mean, so it's going to be very interesting with uh, with Penix, kind of what happens there. And as we get closer to the to the draft, I mean, we'll start to know – We'll start to know more and more, but I always say quarterbacks are the hardest position to kind of to evaluate, to guess. I mean, we just don't know, so we kind of let yeah, the draft tell us a little bit, and then take. I'm it looking at I'm looking at uh, one of the uh, Mel Kiper, I believe, um, mock drafts, and they don't even have Penix in the first round. Yeah, now his that his 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 game yesterday obviously and his upcoming game in the the college football championship could go a long way right we've seen guys kind of rise up the board based on these these bowl games these championship these college playoff games so it'll be really interesting to see um how his stock goes mhm Yes, I heard once you tear your Achilles, it's indestructible. Yeah, JK is indestructible now. Um, mm-hmm. Chubb is about to be indestructible. We know so, Adrian Peterson was. Jesus, I did hear that. that out the way. Cats, what are you willing to pay for JT? Yeah, what are you willing to pay for JT? It's a good question. Good to know what kind of what uh, what people are valuing him as. I think it's going to be either Caleb or Drake may. I mean, you could argue that the situation could matter. Mm-hmm. So they have the bears drafting Caleb Williams here. Yeah. I mean, we're going to see that all over, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think that it's going to be a real question once we get down to the to the actual draft and where they go, because people are going to look at CJ Stroud and be like, oh, shit, uh, Drake, May, maybe mm-hmm. we should go for that guy. That's the bigger, you know, mm-hmm. more, you know, NFL dude like, you know, not that Caleb is not big, but he's not necessarily small, but a little yeah, bit they smaller, say at least more of a I mean, <clears throat> go ahead. To be fair, though, both of these guys that they're coming from their schools aren't have been notoriously bad at producing quarterbacks obviously caleb williams with usc and then drake may at north carolina so i mean regardless they're going to go in the top two three ish anyway but that's just another thing that seems to kind of creep up as as we get closer to the draft yeah yeah i like brooks 
Traded JT for Gibbs straight up in the offseason. Good. Now I'm going to flip Gibbs and a third back for JT plus a first. Okay, so you're flipping Gibbs and a third for JT and a first. Perfect. That's awesome. If you can do that, I mean, that's great. Listen, I've seen, you know, some communities where JT is like not even in the top 10 or there he's in the back end of like eight, nine, 10 for JT. So, I mean, there are people that are pushing up all these other guys, you know, ETNs, Walkers, Rashard Weiss, Pacheco's, right? There are people that, you know, don't necessarily value JT that high. So, or at least right now, obviously things could change as we get into the season, but Devontae Walker, some mock drafts have him going late first, early second, somewhere in the 25 to 35 range. Yeah, I mean, we are still really early in the process, so that obviously can change. I don't know if he can go in the first round. I really don't. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll wind up seeing what happens. I, I do like him, but I, the draft will tell us uh, the draft will tell us a lot also, and I haven't gone into detail with uh, <clears throat> all of my guys yet, so – but we'll stay tuned on that. I'm sure I'll have something that gets put out in the next uh, few months on wide receivers as well as the running backs, quarterbacks, tight ends, as we did last year. So so really interesting. Uh, this uh, mock draft has Michael Penix going 43rd overall second round to your it's, Minnesota Vikings. It's been it's been all over. It's been all over. <clears throat> Rashard White. Rashard White is an interesting one. Rashard White. Some people have him in the top 10, top five, six. Uh, right now he's RB eleven on keep trade cut. Um, he's a guy that's got a ton of pass catching work, and he's got the workload this season. But he's one of those guys that, at least for me, I feel like he got the workload at his situation. Like there's nobody else there, there's no competition for anything. I don't think he's great running between the tackles, and maybe they bring somebody in to do that. I just don't know. Um, but if not next year, he could be seeing the same kind of work. So it's tough. It's one of those where it's like. I don't really know. And I think people, some people kind of have that kind of mindset, which is why he's still RB kind of 11 down here, but it's all over the place. It really depends on your league. He's been an insane value this season where for where mm-hmm. you got him. A lot of these running backs have, have right? Tyron is another one that jumps to mind. Who's been a, just an insane Raheem Mostert. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Absolutely. But Rashard White is a guy like I'm trying to sell. I mean, a great, great season that he had. I mean, valued very high. I, I just don't know if that value is ever going to get any higher. So I'm trying to take advantage of it right now. McCarthy, too. Like, Yeah, I mean, McCarthy could go first round. Hell yeah, absolutely. He could get a first on top of JT for Gibbs. I, I do think that's a possibility. I mean, it's not going to be in, in a lot of leagues, but... There are going to be leagues out there where you could. Yeah, I'd be okay with that and something if you had to get the first. Yeah, I'm with that two cats. What do you think Dalvin Cook signs? I don't know. Ravens, maybe. Ravens make sense. Dallas, potentially. Mm-hmm. Rashard White saved me this year. Yeah, I feel you, Joe. I uh, feel you. What about Chandler and Minnie? I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. Do we bring someone else in? I mean, we didn't have a ton of success necessarily on the ground. So I think he's a decent guy. He could carve out a, a possible third down role or something like that. It's all relative, bro, especially with those running backs. But yeah. 
But yeah, I guess that'll wrap it up, guys, for for tonight. Dynasty RB one. I mean, that was a good a good combo. Few different guys, obviously, that we can throw in that conversation. So, who is your RB one? But yeah, you got anything else you want to add on top of on top of what we talked about here, Hammer? No, man, it's been a good show. Um, I'm excited to uh, see how this playoff race is going to shake out. No Thursday game, so it's just Saturday and Sunday now. There's something about Saturday football that I love. Even if it's like two or three games, it just it fucking feels nice because it all, it feels like a Sunday on a Saturday, which is nice. But um, yeah, yeah, excited to jump into some of this offseason stuff. Um, really want to do some of these roster reviews, see what you guys got going on with your rosters after the season's finished up. So um, yeah, go Pack Go. <laughs> song said cook to the niners rumors okay i could see that that'd be interesting i could see that rb1 lamar jackson yeah made a great mm-hmm. trade uh for garrett wilson at the start before the rogers injury traded addison downs and what ended up being pick three for wilson you traded what addison downs and the 103. And the 103. Oh, shit. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Yeah, that sucks. In hindsight, I guess. Because if you thought it was just going to be a late first. Right. That's probably what he thought. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, it happens. We make bad trades. We make good ones. So. Especially those early season trades, they could turn out to be really good or really bad, right? That there's nothing that's going to give you any indication of injury opportunity that's going to open up for somebody. So you just kind of have to live with it. And like Steve said earlier, sometimes you have to pivot, right? Go to go to a backup plan, you know, try and recover, make some other shrewd moves. Maybe they're smaller moves and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. For real. Appreciate you, Will. Thanks for coming out. Appreciate you, DS. Of course, appreciate everybody out there that came through. Guys, smash the like for us. Smash the subscribe if you're new. Appreciate you. We'll be here every Tuesday night. What's up with Vikings? Danny McBride. uh, Dwayne McBride. Mm -hmm. Dwayne Dwayne McBride. I mean, listen, he's on the practice squad. I mean, we had injuries. We didn't bring him up to, like, play him. So I just – I don't know. I don't know. But we'll see what happens next year. I don't know. Do we draft somebody? Do we bring somebody in? Do we just roll with Madison Chandler? And, you know, I mean, Acres will be back. I mean, we wind up getting Acres. Like, that's another, like, not good sign. But <laughs> I think Acres is a free agent, actually. So, <clears throat> we'll see what happens. I got him on a couple taxis, just chilling. So, we'll see. Didn't ever think he'd have a bad season. Oh, okay. Jefferson, Burrow, Chubb. You Oof. traded that first. I feel that. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. But yeah, that just goes to show you, right? Anything can happen. Anything can happen. So, you know. Should I pick up Bo Melton and drop McBride? I mean, I'd rather have the running back just in case. Yeah, I wouldn't go crazy on Bo Melton. Yeah, I'd rather have the running back. But all right, guys. We out of here. Appreciate y'all. You ready, Jerry? I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. Oh, you didn't know? Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. You put 
my shoes on, you wouldn't last a mile. Summertime, wintertime, I'm on the grind. Yeah, I got the ring, I'm the champ, I'm the genie of the lamp. This is the gift I was given, so I just live by my Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.